Hello, loyal listeners. Stephanie from the Dub Talk Podcast here. Just a quick note about this episode as well as a few others. The early episodes of Dub Talk were a vlog series originally called Lilac Talks Dubs. They were for an anime review channel I had a few years ago before converting it to the Dub Talk channel full time. This episode is the audio from one of those videos. Please bear with the quality and the lack of information. These are very early on and are extremely rough, but we didn't want to exclude them from the RSS feed. If you want to check out the original videos, you can find them on DubTalk's YouTube channel. Thanks so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome to Lilac Talk Stubs, where I talk about a recent dub announcement or revisit a series I've reviewed, but this time talk about its dub. You're probably wondering why I'm not currently on camera for this episode. Well, it's kind of because some people decided to uh, crash the party and join me for today. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yes, um, today I have with me, uh, you probably have seen him quite a few times in videos or other things, I have Spaceman Hardy with me. Howdy. And uh, a new voice you probably have never heard here before, Miss Megan. Hi. And we're going to be having some fun talking about some stuff. Um... Specifically, uh, during a recent convention visit, uh, Funimation Entertainment finally announced which shows they are doing for broadcast dubs this season, and it's basically uh, almost everything they got, save for a few things. Yeah, because screw Samurai Warriors. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're Yay, Kami-sama kiss. Shut up, I'm getting to it! So we're getting dubs for Rolling Girls, World Break, um, Kami-sama kiss Season 2, Absolute Duo, Yurikuma Arashi, Yon of the Dawn Season 2, which doesn't make much sense, and Maria the Virgin Witch, but we're not just getting all of those, because they were also announced a new weekly live stream partnering with ScrewTac called Double Talk, where they show some broadcast up episodes of the biggest properties they have for the season, and then have a discussion afterwards. So the three series that were announced to be part of this initiative are going to be the same ones we're going to be covering today. So that's going to be Assassination Classroom. Uh, Death Parade, and Tokyo Ghoul Root A, a.k.a. Season 2. Woohoo! <laughs> Excitement! How this Yay. is going to work is we're going to go through each show, um, talk about our predictions that we had for different cast members, talk about the final casting choices, or at least some of them, some more predictions about uh, cast members that haven't been announced yet, and maybe discuss here and there our thoughts on the first episode of each of these dubs, because all three of us did see the first episodes of these three shows um and see what we think of these performances thus far so does that sound good to you guys yeah that sounds great let's do it <laughs> yeah okay so yeah. let's start yes <laughs> this is gonna be fun um so let's start with assassination classroom which we will not be calling ass class thank you very much you, you, since you like yelled at me for that one, I'm referring it to A class. Yeah, don't. Yeah, ass class is stupid. It really is. Ass ass class. Um, for those who may not know about Assassination Classroom, basically the idea of this uh, series is there's this weird alien creature, yellow tentacle things, and um, he's a teacher for this um, class who's seen as like the lowest rung of society in a, in a sense and what they have to do is by the end of the school year they have to try and assassinate him mm -hmm. or else the teacher is going to just destroy the world yeah. so that's the basic premise of this um it's kind of like uh 
It's kind of like stand to deliver meets Men in Black. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, even though I haven't seen either of those. Right. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Um, so, the cast for this one's rather large. We're not going to cover all of them, because it's so large. Yeah, we'd be here all night. Yeah, it yeah. would take the entire episode just to go through the class. And we're not even, we don't even have the full cast in this one either. So we're just going to cover at least five um, announcements uh, who, of characters that have, I guess, major roles or major speaking roles at least. And we're also going to do one that hasn't been announced yet, and uh, just the ADR director and the scriptwriter, just to condense this and make it easier. But we may throw in a few other names that have been announced to be a part of this dub. Um, so I guess to start off with, let's start with... Because I feel like if we go with the big one, it's going to be a big discussion. So why don't we go with ADR director and the scriptwriter first on this one? All right. So the ADR director, there's an there's a director and then there's assistant. Um, the ADR director is Joel McDonald, and then the assistant is Afia Yu. Oh, it's that little Asian girl with the cupcakes. That's Micah's yes. girlfriend. <laughs> yes, that is Micah's girlfriend. girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who so is also one of the girls in the class, I think, too. She's she's someone back in the horde. Yes, she is. She's um Nakamura. Yeah. Part of the horde. Yes. There's so many yes. kids. They're all kind of so de- many like except for a couple so of them, they're kids. all kind of defined it's- by like the one thing they're good at, because there's like the one kid who's good at baseball. Uh, and then there's one who's good at chemistry and then there's mm-hmm. Monica Real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, haven't got that far. Yes, um, but anyway, um, I don't have the information for Joel McDonald's ADR upgrade in a second, but I do recall that he has um, directed some episodes of like um, Space Dandy. That's one of the bigger ones I've noticed from him recently. He did um, a good job. That's on for that. sure. He. Uh, but let me see here. I'm trying to. Hardy find probably him. is. Hardy's a walking encyclopedia. He might know this more than I can. He was the ADR episode. director for Hagenai Next. I know that. And uh, oh, he was ADR director for Level E, or he was one of them. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. That helps me because I saw that fairly recently. Yeah, I haven't seen that because I'm a horrible person. But just so you know, Vic Mignogna goes batshit crazy with that one. Just saying, it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, he's done definitely done a lot of recent stuff, um, more in the way of comedy by the looks of it. So. I mean, I did like the episodes that he directed for Space Dandy, and Level E, again, is freaking crazy. It's weird and crazy. So, personally, I think McDonald will do very well with this one. Um, it helps that um, Afia Yu jumps in here, too, to help him out. I mean, because there's like 10 shows to dub in the next yeah. few months, so... <laughs> and that doesn't even include any of the other ongoing projects, like I'm fully aware that actually that um, Joe McDonald is currently the director for the One Piece episodes. So yeah, that's a huge endeavor. Looking over his resume, he specializes mainly in comedies. Uh, there's a few, there's right. a few dramas here. He, like he actually, I didn't know this. He directed a lot of episodes of Spice and Wolf. I mean, oh yeah. First or second season? Do you know? Well, he directed the entire second season, but he did a few episodes of the first one as well. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So yeah, McDonald is definitely suited more for comedies, that's for sure. Yeah, I haven't really seen that Assassinations Classroom has delved into a really big drama part of it. Like, it's had its moments, 
I think uh, episode three kind of being the really like big one. Right. With right, uh, my, who I think is <laughs> you're my favorite character. Um, <laughs> we'll get to him in a minute. The the one guy who we're gonna talk about who hasn't said a damn word. Um, <laughs> yes, but I think I have faith in him. I know Joel a little bit more from his voice work than his directing work. Um, or at least. Like, I didn't know he was doing Spice and Wolf, that's how much I've paid attention to things. Um, right. Or One Piece. Uh, so I think that him well, he's and doing Afaya one, He's Wolf. doing One Piece rather... Well, One Piece, he's doing it rather recently. And I actually found out um, a couple weeks ago, um, according to Mike McFarland himself on Twitter. This was the same... If you saw the last episode I talked about when I talked about um, Trafalgar D. Law, um, that same tweet that um, helped me figure out that uh, Law has been cast. Um, he Mike McFarland also said like that he that McDonald was currently dubbing those episodes. So yeah. yeah. And as for what I'm checking, this is actually Afia Yu's first assistant ADR job. I mean, she's the only other time she's ever been a, on a staff is during a commentary in a show she acted in. So mm. it'll definitely be nice. I feel like a lot of the because all three of these shows we're talking about have assistant ADR directors, and I think pretty much all of them are fairly new to this so it's definitely nice to see them getting it uh, it's kind of like a training session almost because and i mean the directors can't do it alone because of the breakneck pace that they're having to crank them all out because they're doing so many dubs all at once one after the other and they're doing it on a weekly schedule unlike uh in the past where they can take an entire month to do it so yeah, and there's some chances where um, you have an actor who's directing. I know that now, as of Monday, because they're bringing Kamisama Kiss 2 in and Joel's Mikage in that, it kind of gives a good balance time for him to go off and do the show and have Afaya kind of take over Assassination's Classroom while he's maybe recording that. So I think that maybe because a lot of these directors are also actors in a lot of the shows, that backup is probably there for when they're doing that if they're in a broadcast show. Yeah. Which I would think would help out. Oh yeah. What also probably is going to help Joel McDonald out a little bit. Um, segue is the script writer oh boy. for Assassination Classroom, because it is the ever wonderful J. Michael Tatum. The angel on the mic, Stephen Foster on the script. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> that's hard. What? That's harsh. Damn, Hardy. He's not that bad, I mean, but he's... I've, I've, enjo- he's I've generally enjoyed most things Tatum has written. Can he be a little bit ham-handed and a little more outside of an actual teenager's vocal range? Yes, but in some shows it works, because how many teenagers are talking about what the hell is going on in this show? Because let me tell you, when I was in high school, I was totally thinking about assassinating some smiley-faced squid. <laughs> Florida's a weird state, bro. <laughs> Florida is a weird state, bro. <laughs> but at least, Shit like... happens here. <laughs> at least with, um, like... I, I mean, with Tatum, I, I did enjoy the script for, um... Uh, what was it? Attack on Titan? I know that one was a dual effort. Right. Um, but Tatum did write the majority of those episodes. So I did enjoy what he wrote. And so far... I like the direction where this one is going. I mean, I know you picked up on this the other day when we were chatting about it, Hardy, mm-hmm. that they stuck with calling Kuro-sensei Kuro-sensei. Right, instead of unkillable teacher or something like that, which would have just been stupid. Right, like they stuck with that. That's what Stephen so, Foster would have done. Right. Yeah. 
and like so things like that I feel like with this pairing since McDonald is very suited for comedies and Tatum who's at this point like written scripts for a mixture of things I feel like this is gonna be a good pair and then adding Afia Yu into the mix helping out a bit that's gonna be pretty cool as well yeah I think that's the moment that opinion. got me in the writing I think it was I think I said it on Twitter was when they called somebody when they called Koro Sensei a cephalopod like I just completely lost my shit because <laughs> I was like that's hilarious to me and then there are probably people like no 16 17 year old knows what a cephalopod is yeah. Yeah, because Tatum has an interesting sense of the English. Well, yeah, language. he has a very expansive vocabulary. But then one one thing oh, you have to remember, this is the E class. These are the dumb kids. Dumb kids. Exactly. I mean, right. so nat- I don't think they would really be using these big multisyllabic well, words. Well, some some of them might. Some of them might. We've some kind of them of, might because some of, of them seeing... have folk. Right. Some of them have their strengths in some areas, and others don't. And some of them don't. Like for certain characters, it can work. But I think we're, I think we are still, as viewers, I think we're only in like episode five or six of the show, depending on what subscription type you have, where we don't really know everybody except for maybe one or two, at least one student very well. Right. Um, so I think that it can work, but I think it, the writing, even if I like Tatum as a writer, because I, I generally tend to, writing isn't the one thing I tend to usually pick up unless it's something I've watched a couple of times where I'm like not looking at the visuals. I, I'm a lot more a visual, like trained my eyes, trained to look for visual things, not uh, vocal stuff all the time. So I haven't noticed it particularly, but I think that maybe once it settles down off of, obviously this being a broadcast dub, um, off of that, that maybe in the final version we'll see things change too. Right. Yeah, because kids, how these broadcast dubs work they only basically double over the stuff that Japan gives them as the show airs. It's not a final product. Right, and a lot of times they have they have uncensored scenes and they have scenes where the dialogue is actually changed that they have to go back and um, exactly. So these reinterpret are not, it for the kids at home. For the kids at home who probably don't understand or are confused, this isn't a final product. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that in the last thing we talk about. Oh God. <laughs> Oh lord, season one, we have things to say. I have things to say, because I've seen the Blu-ray screenshots. We're not talking season one, though. Shush! um, I'm sorry I love the show! Calm down, I know you love the show, but we need to- There are things in the first episode of season two that I can be like, God damn it, guys. Megan! Sorry. I know you love Tokyo Ghoul. Stop. (laughs) We'll get to it. Back to Assassination Classroom. Okay, so McDonald, uh, you, and Tatum probably going to work very well together. So far, anyway. Um, kind of going backwards a little bit in terms of casting. Um, we're going to start with Kaede. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Ka- She's one of Kaede. the students in E... Kaede, thank you. Yeah. She's a student from the E class um, with green hair. And she hasn't done done a lot, but she at least has a decent um, speaking role as of now. So that's why I kind of wanted to include her. Mm-hmm. So... Personally, I had no predictions at all, really, for Assassination Classroom, because I didn't have time to make them. So, I'm going to ask you, did you guys have any predictions for Kaido? I didn't even know she was a thing that existed yet. She's part of the oh, Horde. Yeah. She's part of the Horde. Right. The Horde of children. It's like, what? That's a character? Oh. <laughs> she, that, that's, why I ref- that's why I refer to her as the girl with the green exactly. hair. Exactly. I think she's also, isn't she the girl who names Koro-sensei, though? She is. She is. Okay, so yeah, that's her claim to fame. She's the one who named our 
cephalopody and smiley Walmart smiley face. No, she gets a bigger <laughs> role in a future episode, but uh, but we haven't got to that yet. We're not there yet. Right. Right. So, did you guys have predictions on who it might be? No, not a shot in hell. No, um, not even close. Okay. So, then let's skip to who actually got it. It's Monica Rial. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> daily, um, daily whore drinking game. Is Monica in this show? And how many of them is she? Shh. It could be Negimo where she was like four different people. Right. And you could actually tell she was trying because she had four different voices. <laughs> but now now that I've seen her, seen the character, the lowly with the green hair, oh yeah, that's totally Monica. Yeah. I mean, there's no that's question. Totally Monica. It works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all we have to say for it that It really one. is. Um, yeah. Really. Because there's not a lot, um, at least as far as I've seen, there's not a lot that the character's done aside of talking a little bit and trying to go mm-hmm. Um, So... There's not much to talk about here, outside of she has a major speaking role, and it's Monica Real, and it works. Because right. <laughs> it's Monica, and it's... Tis, Moni- tis Monica. Yes. It, it pretty much. So, why don't we move on to... Um, let's move on to Karma Akabane. Okay. Yes! Karma Akabane. Um, this one we did have predictions yeah, I... for. We did have predictions for this one, but... As far as I know, as far as we know from the broadcast dub, he hasn't come up yet. He kind of comes up for like five seconds at the end of the second episode, but then really is introduced in the third episode. Right. But he was announced in this dub announcement for Assassination Classroom. Mm-hmm. So, ta-da, we're going to talk about him. So, what were your predictions for Karma? Habercorn. Uh, Megan, why don't we skip? Oh, God. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Todd. Todd. I was the one who didn't have Todd, but... Um, if you if you Todd, know me, then Todd Habercorn would have been a fun choice. I will admit that. If you know me, you know who I wanted. Of course, <laughs> you we wanted like a solo song on him because I because I love him in everything he does. I'm a horror. I know it's like I'm like you could put him in anything, and I would be like I will watch the shit out of this show. But yeah, uh, um, I actually like who like I don't mind who they casted, but right because the person who they cast Karma as is Austin Tyndall. Which, admittedly, I'm a little iffy with. Well, for more reasons than one. Yeah. I, I'm okay with him, but then again, I was apparently the smart person who avoided the one show that he was in that was so horrible. Yeah. I apparently dodged that bullet. Because, Hardy, have you seen Guilty Party? I, I have. Um, I'm uh, one of the few people. I'm one of the few people who actually kind of likes parts of it. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the first half. And I mm-hmm. kind of liked the ending. It was that part right in the middle that was just... Yeah, it was a good amount of it. Yeesh. And for Austin Tindall, because he plays the main character, Shu, honestly, it was, one of, it was not the best thing. It was the, well, one of the weakest performances I saw from that dub, which is why this made me so hesitant. I, I don't have the raging hate boner for Austin Tindall like a lot of people do. Well, I, I, don't have, I, don't have a hate, I don't have a hate boner. I mean, because this... Because Guilty Crown was the first thing I saw him do. Yeah. He is good when he has to get crazy. Like, right. Accelerator was another role a lot of people had problems with for him because they said, oh, Accelerator, Accelerator is a, absolutely nutballs. And they're like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't sound like he's feeling anything or he sounds like he doesn't want to be there. But when you hear Austin Tyndall actually go into crazy mode, he makes an impact. And that's why he was good as Accelerator in the later episodes that he's in. And he was good in 
he's decent in bento from what I've watched and uh, and is this a zombie and I think and I think he can um, I think he'll be okay as karma because karma is another one of those characters who's just kind of on the crazy side I love karma I, I, I love I, karma too it's gonna be for me it's gonna be interesting because um he was recently announced as the main male character for defrag as well so which is gonna be different for me because it'll be because um, obviously defrag is a comedy I have not seen him do a comedy so it'll be a different side for me to see of him right. um, but as of right now we haven't heard him and we don't know what it sounds like my thing with them is he always sounds like he's has he has bread in his mouth <laughs> get the bread out of your mouth like, oh, um, <laughs> like for me even like like for me I'm I'm really I'm kind of excited because the one thing that uh, I'm not as familiar I'm not a huge uh, index fan and I, I didn't watch Guilty Crown I haven't so, seen index either so, so, don't so of course the only thing I really know Austin Tindall from is his lovely 10 episode stint before he gets cut in half um, in Attack on Titan as Marco so oh. I know him as Marco who is like the nicest, sweetest human being on the planet. And so, of course, he has to die. Of course. Perfect cinnamon bun to appear for this world. Yeah. And he also exists for us to make Marco Polo jokes at Mark Mc- Mike McFarlane for the rest of the whole time. Um, <laughs> yes! Basically, that's all. That. That's why he exists. Um, but I liked him as that, so I, I think that like there is some parts of karma where you can you see a little, like, I really want to see how he does it. Because I remember in the Japanese, even the guy who plays in the Japanese isn't really, like, it's, he's not really known for doing characters like Karma, or at least from what I've seen, I've seen him do characters like Rin from Blue Exorcist, and he was also Nishio and Haikyuu, so the first, the first thing that pops in my head when I see Karma and I hear his voice, I'm like, aren't you supposed to be, like, the ultimate tap everybody on the ass and make them feel better guy? Um, and then he godfathers an octopus to the desk. Um, so I'm excited to hear him. It, it's definitely going to be interesting to see even those, like, last minute of the next episode that'll come out um, next, in the coming week. That'll be interesting to see even, like, the direction that it might be headed. And when he does finally come in, it's going to be rather interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, next is uh, going to be Karasuma. Karasuma. Who is the, uh, Karasuma, thank you. Names! Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he is, is the government official who initially brings Koro-sensei into the E-class, and then he actually becomes the PE teacher. Again, I didn't make any predictions on anything, so... I totally forgot he was in the first episode. I, I did have some predictions. I wanted Sabbath. And... You wanted Sabbath? I wanted Sabbath. It looked like it could have been a good Sabbath. Yeah, role. he would have been a good Sabbath. But, you know, I also thought, he hey, maybe been. Robert McCollum could do it. And or maybe even Ian Sinclair could pull it off, and I was kind of, kind of, not really disappointed. It wasn't one of those guys, but just kind of taken aback by who they actually cast because I've never heard of the guy. Me neither, Megan. No, no. I, I like I said, I forgot he was in the first episode at all. Okay, (laughs) I totally forgot. I was like. Oh wait, this guy's in this episode. Oh yeah, I forgot he has not to sure how you the could plot. Forget, not sure how you could forget that. But anyway, the person who was announced to play this character, I'm not even going to try with names, um, his name is Chris Ryan. I've never heard of this human being before in my life. Yeah. Same here. He only has so, three roles to his name so far, and this is his first major role. 
he was in a uh, he was actually in he was an unnamed role in One Piece and he was like a minor character in Fairy Tale. So this is pro- this is his big break. That makes sense. This this definitely would be a big one for him. And so far, we've only seen very little. And I think I don't know. Like we haven't seen that much. I'll have to listen to more as the show goes on before I could really make a judgment. Right. I I was kind of underwhelmed by him. Especially because Karasuma's yeah, this... Yeah, that's, that's what I'm feeling, too. He's this big, manly guy when you you really expect this baritone voice. And and, and Ryan's mm-hmm. voice just wasn't deep, in, in my opinion. But I don't, I don't know. Oh, it, I, it's... I'll just... I can't really make a... It was one of the more forgettable ones from the first episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably because I've never really heard that voice before. Right. So it was... I guess it was just because I'm... Again, I'm also unfamiliar with him. I really don't watch a lot of uh, One Piece or Fairy Tale. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't like, even know that he did both of them, and I don't even know which characters they are, so that doesn't help me much. I, I mean, like, I, I want to see if he gets a little bit maybe deeper how he takes the character, because he doesn't really show up again until episode four, if I'm right. Yeah, he doesn't show up again until, like, episode four. Maybe he's, like, in passing in the other two. Actually... I think you see him at the end of episode two with Karma. Uh, yeah, he's 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 peppered in through the show, through the few episodes that right. he... And then he kind of starts and then coming he comes in full-time in, in four. Yeah, and then he becomes more of a full-fledged character right. once he becomes a PE teacher. So I think um, once we get to that episode, it'll be a little bit easier to maybe judge him, especially when you see him bouncing off of... Because in the first episode, all he really does is he kind of bounces off Koro-sensei a little bit, but he's also a huge exposition dump. Right. He's basically like, so, here's the plot of this show. Bye, kids! Yeah. Have fun! Like, so this Have is this 9-foot tall Walmart. yellow octopus. We want you to kill it. Bye. You know. <laughs> also, it won't kill you. Yes. It just sits there and smiles at you like a tie-dyed t-shirt. Except for at the end of the episode. (laughs) Fuck him up, Koro-sensei. Okay, don't fuck him up that much. Oh my god. We'll get to that. We'll get to Koro-sensei in a minute. Fuck Um, him up, fuck him up. No, no, no! (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I guess the consensus here is we have to see more to see how Chris Ryan handles this, because we've never heard of him. Yeah. Um. (laughs) We're sorry. (laughs) So, the next is, uh, Nagisa. Mm -hmm. Who is basically the other, I would think, the other major character alongside Kodosensei. Right. The little um, boy girl. So. Or the little girl the, boy. The boy girl. Yeah. The one the who is boy. clearly a in a different uniform as to know that he is the main character. Yes. <laughs> like, everyone else kind of wears a relatively same uniform. There's the blue kid. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> who the lead is, guys. So, I think I actually had a prediction on this one. Mm-hmm. Well, more because I enjoy this person's work. I actually predicted Josh Grayley. Same. You know, I'm going to say I I have to disagree with that because I think Nagisa needed a female actress. Yeah, like... Because he's so... He looks so effeminate. It's... it's, I I think he needed a female actor to really sort of set him in trap status to where he's... You don't really know exactly what he... He's very androgynous. And so I'm glad that they... You at least... Yeah. You at least got to admit, though... Because um, Greeley did do Kuronosuke from Princess Jellyfish. Oh, yeah. And he can kind of pull it off, but definitely a female voice would definitely make this character a lot better. Right. That's for sure. And so when I was coming up with a prediction of who I'd like to see play him, I was, my first prediction was Brina Palencia. That would that would have been my female That's a go-to. One. Yeah. That's a go-to right there. Yeah. And, and Time to cheap out and jump on the Brina train. Yeah. And if... <laughs> choo-choo! I think other Choo-choo! actresses could have done him as well. I think Caitlin Glass could yeah, have 
could have possibly done him, and and Terry Doty probably could have. Terry Doty right. is better at voicing little boys than she is voicing actual women, in my opinion. That sounded really wrong in my I, head. Yeah, I know it sounds well, wrong, she, but I mean, she did do um, she did do Laughing Under the Clouds last season, and the role was the youngest um, brother. Right. And because I because I only saw one episode. Yeah. I, didn't I really think she was good as Chutaro, and I only saw like half the episode, and it didn't really strike a chord with me but i think terry terry is really good as jutaro she was really good in level e as the right. gone xp oh, yeah. or whatever his name was so whichever his name was whichever one she was yeah instead we instead of brina instead of josh instead of terry we have Lindsay seidel mm -hmm. none of us saw that coming no none of us saw that coming <laughs> but now that i have a chance to listen to it i'm i'm starting to realize more and more how vast her range is yeah. Because she can definitely. do pretty much anything. We've seen her do we've seen her do the deep, sultry voice in Psychopaths. We've seen her do the really high-pitched, girly voice in, uh, in shows like... In, uh, what else was she? She was in like the first opening minutes of Dead Man Wonderland, where she was the perky girl. We've seen her do like crazy psycho in um, Is This a Zombie? And she's just she's all over the place in range, and I'm. She she's like a chameleon voice. I think. Chameleon. Really? Yeah. That's the thing. I'm. That's what I feel like. It because it, it's um it's something I've referred to recently for um. Ian Sinclair. Oh God. Ian Sinclair is a voice acting chameleon, and Lindsay Seidel is definitely like a voice acting chameleon. Troy Baker does a lot of that too, to where he can. In, oh yeah, Troy. Baker Carnival taught me Ian Sinclair does black voice actor magic. Um. <laughs> did not think he was going to be here, though. I was like, oh, that's him. No, it's not. What the hell? But no, I really yeah. like, I like her as Nagisa. Like, mm -hmm. I... I do like it. I thought it was going to be, like, I, again, I've I've watched some stuff with her in it, but this is kind of like... So once I heard her as Nagisa, I had put her in a prediction of another show that we're talking about, and she's not that character. Um, But I really want to see her do more of Nagisa. I really do. I, like, want to watch her go through him. Because Nagisa is the one character we really follow a lot, and I like his story, and I want to see her perform it. Mm -hmm. Right. I thought it was going to be too girly, but then when I saw the first episode, I was like, this works. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Keep going. Do that. Please okay. keep going. <laughs> so, before we get to the big enchilada, um, why don't we talk about a character that has not been announced yet? Bitch Sensei! Let's talk about... The yes, let's talk about Irina. Let's talk about Irina because at this point she has not been announced, um, and probably won't come up until later because she's in like she comes in episode five, I think. Yes. Um. So, who do we want to see as Bitch Sensei? I actually wanted to see Jamie Markey. A lot of I'm people do. A lot of people. I want Jamie Markey. Yeah. yeah. However, it's not going to happen because she's already something else. Yeah, in, she's uh, in another show. Right. She's one of the students, I think. So that's oh, what happening. So now my prediction's out the window. But what do you guys think? Thanks, show. Oh God, now I'm like, now now I'm stumped. Well, I would have put Jamie on her. I personally would like to hear someone like Lydia Mackey, and because yeah. she does a lot of those, you know, sultry, deep vo roles. And I personally want her to actually use a Russian accent, like a slight one. Some sort of accent. Yeah, there. because Irina to is Russian. Give her that foreign. Yeah. yeah, to give her that foreign... Yes. I, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that, that femme fatale nice. sort of sound to her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lydia Mackey would do it. Colleen could do it. And I don't know if Colleen would do it that great, considering the... Forget that. No, Colleen could probably do it. I mean, just... 
Stephanie Young. There's a cavalcade of people. Yeah. I was just thinking in my head, what about Stephanie Young? Yeah. I think Stephanie's Ooh. voice is a bit too deep for the character. A little too deep, yeah. but like she could work with it a little bit mm. if it was her. Yeah. Yeah, but personally, I would like to. I would like to see Lydia Mackey. Yeah, same. Lydia Mackey would probably be a good choice. Okay, I agree. That was five. That was five seconds of talking about bitch sensei. Okay, um, giant so. cephalopod enchilada. <laughs> the big, the big Kahuna. We gotta talk about Kuro Sensei. Yes. First and foremost, did anyone have any predictions for Kuro Sensei? Because I sure as hell did not. Not a shot in hell. Oh, I did. I was thinking it was the hardest one to predict, and Megan. It is the hardest. Megan one. is gonna kill me. With who I, I'm not going to kill you because I actually I saw your tweet and I was like, eh, I can get on board with this. Yeah. I wanted to. I, I haven't I haven't heard about this. So. I wanted to hear Vic Mignogna as Koro Sensei. I was like, just what? Let, I'll let it be okay. Yes, because he could be in this. He couldn't touch Tokyo Ghoul with thinking a foot pole. Think, thinking thinking about it, considering like some of the crazier mm-hmm. things he's done. Yeah, I feel like it would have been interesting to see that because I mean I have seen level E. I rewatched Razafon recently. Mm-hmm. I've so, seen ghost stories. Right. I've and seen Oran, shit ghost stories. a pretty decent, hilarious. Yeah. a pretty decent, hilarious role. Yeah. So it would have been amusing to see him as Kuro Sensei. Yeah. I but I, I was going over who else could possibly play him. I was just drawing blanks other than someone like someone like Vic Mignogna. I was like, maybe Ian Sinclair is goofy enough to play him. Um, I was I'd honestly, that too, like, uh, yeah. So. I th- and then b- before you announce it, I. One of my uh, friends on Twitter, Katie, she said, you know, oh, it's this, it's going to be this actor. I'm like, how can you, t- oh, she's like, trust me, it's going to be this actor. And Katie then, is a savant. lo and behold. <laughs> it's Sunny Strait. Yes. It is Sunny Strait who's playing Koto Sensei, and I think it is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, like, I was like, whole, like, the clip they put online, I was a little, I was like, I can dig this, but I'm still a little bit apprehensive. Yeah. And then right, you watched then him when go you w- for a half hour, and you were like, Okay, next Wednesday, please. Now. Yeah. No, when I um, yeah. when I first watched the clip on YouTube, I typed in, you know, you know, I like Sunny Straight a lot, but from that particular clip, I think he played it too straight, no pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I like, he, you know, Koro Sensei. I, I know Sunny can do really goofy, crazy voices, and I think he's holding back in this clip. And Sunny Straight himself actually responded to the to my comment and said. Oh, that's because even the Japanese guy was playing it straight. It's the whole thing is Koro Sensei is supposed to remain calm and just play this entire scenario straight while all the kids are trying to shoot and kill him. So he's like, "Don't worry, I get crazier in the episode." And then the episode actually comes <laughs> and out, does. and he was not lying. So <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Like that whole part at the end where it's like, "No, Koro Sensei, no, 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 bad, no." <laughs> <laughs> no. Say like, don't hurt them. They're just kids. Fuck them up. Fuck them up. Don't fuck them up that much. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're all in agreement that this works and <laughs> it works wonderfully. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say for the performance. Yeah, like, yeah, Jun Fukuyama really does kind of play it straight, mm. and it, it is does. for me watching it in both languages is really funny because you have Sunny Straight who can do all the crazy stuff, and then you have Jun Fukuyama who I know is doing all serious shit. Um, but I love watching him do it. It's just like having the best teacher ever who is also flying at like Mach 20 and who is a nine foot tall (laughs) yellow octopus that has that stole Walmart's trademark (laughs) (laughs) and I can imagine it's only gonna get even more crazy considering the scenarios that do come up that we've seen so far Mm -hmm. 
I think it's episode three. It, like, still, episode three is my favorite just because of all the, the way he takes on karma. Like, I can't wait to hear oh, that. Lord. I, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I cannot wait for that episode. <laughs> like, really, I guess really quickly, a few other um, voice actors who have been announced in this. Um, just really quick. Jerry Jewell, like we said before, Jamie Markey has been announced. Uh, Joe McDonald is also in the dub. Afia Yu. Uh, Leo Clark. Terry Doty. Morgan Garrett. Clifford Chapin. There's... Definitely a good amount of people. A lot of these are names. There's Marcus Stimmick. There's a lot of these names that I've never seen before. I think when Jerry Jewell spoke, I think I posted on Twitter. Oh, hi, Jerry. Yeah. No, <laughs> Marcus Stimmick is a is a recently new voice actor who's coming up. And the first time I heard him was in a Magical Index 2. And he sounds like a drunk Harrison Ford. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Even oh when he's talking, he, he did a commentary for Magic for Index, and he's he sounds like a drunk. He's like, he sounds like he's wasted. He's like, you know, this is Marcus Stemmick. And he, when he says, he says his name like it's drunk. His name sounds like something you'd say when you're a drunk. Like, what's your name, sir? Like, Marcus Stemmick. I'm Marcus Stemmick. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very happy that a good amount of these roles are filled by new people exactly it, ma- it makes me very happy because you ha- it's a large cast and it's like you can't just place a whole crap ton of veterans in there. well i mean that's just not possible. more than any other dubbing well, it's co- possible but. yeah more than any other dubbing company in america funimation is the one that's accused most of of copy pasting their uh, their dub casts and and so i see this sort of as a good way to get away from that stigma by casting oh, a lot definitely. of new... The only problem with casting a lot of new people is that some of them aren't very good yet, so... Learning curve exists. Yeah. Right. We'll just have to learning see curve. how everything goes. Right. And I mean, I mean, it's definitely a good learning curve considering this is a broadcast up and it's not a final product. Exactly. This is definitely something good at the very least. Um, so I think at this point we've covered Assassination Classroom plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you covered um, your ass class, I guess. <laughs> you're the one who doesn't I know. Know. I'm sorry. I, you know... <laughs> So let's move on to Death Parade. That's the um, second show that they have in that um, Wednesday lineup. You mean the show you don't watch it for in the morning? <laughs> We're not going to talk about Let it. Let me just say, best um, intro of the season. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yes. of the season. Up there, up there for me at least is be- one of the best intro. I just can't stop watching it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Joel McDonald, going back to Assassination Class for like five seconds, Joel McDonald is lobbying for the cast to do that opening dance. Just spin, spin Sonny straight around for a minute and a half. We got this shit, guys. Yes. He responded to me on Twitter about that, and it was... I, was I, think, like, I, yes. I think I also noted, who do I have to pay for this? <laughs> yes. And then, like, at least five of the voice actors in the dub, they're like, I only do the electric slider. This isn't even in my contract and stuff like that. Guess so what's it gotta like, be in your contract. Anyway, aside from that, uh, death parade. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And now on to um, something completely different. Different. Oh my god. That could be, can that be like a description of the opening and now for something completely different? The opening that does not match the show at all, but it's so awesome you don't care. So basically, the idea of this show, for those who may not know what it is, um, basically, you're in this, uh, bar place thing and you have to, um, play games, uh, for your life, quote unquote. Yeah. It's always two versus, it's all, always one versus one. There's always two people. It's always, it's always in pairs. They always bring them in pairs. But what they don't know is that um, these people have actually already died, and these games are held um, to decide who's going to be reincarnated or who's going into the void, or in other words, heaven and hell. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the object of the game is not necessarily to win 
it's to see who freaks out the most. So it's to find it's basically the horrible person determination. Exactly. Game. Yes. Right. And Pretty Jesus much. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so for Death Parade, this announcement was rather small. Um, but it particularly but it mostly pertained to um, characters from the first episode and I think one additional one that we haven't heard yet. Um, so I guess we're kind of just going to cover them mostly. Mostly the major characters. Um, the minor ones, maybe for like five seconds. But um, anyway, ADR director, assistant ADR director, and scriptwriter. So the ADR director is Zach Bolton, and the assistant ADR director is Chris George. Zach Bolton has done quite a bit of things. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, some of them good, like a, some of them... Some of them not. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I do love what he did with Psychopaths, because he did do Psychopaths. Yes, he did Psychopaths. I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay. Um, I'm looking at things he's done now. And um, I think he directed some of the episodes of Space Dandy as well, if I recall. Yeah, he's done He's done a few of them. He did eight episodes right. in season one, seven episodes in season two. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm correct. Good. <laughs> um, so, but his work is kind of hit or miss, depending on what it is. Um, but... He's done a hit so far in this. So far. Like, so far. One episode down! Yeah! (laughs) Nothing can stop me now! (laughs) And Chris George, I've actually never heard of him before. Let me take a look. So he's new to me. Um, though I bet our resident encyclopedia named Hardy will be able to figure this out. Um, Hardypedia. He's mainly behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Um, that, I think that's what I saw too. Like I've yeah. never seen him. He's like, more of an he's more of an engineer and not really a director. I think Death Parade is actually his first ADR assistant directing job. So he's also he's also been background care a lot of unnamed background characters. Uh, his only real major role he was Ugo in Jormungand, if you've seen that. And uh, I need to see that. he was like one of the main characters, not a main character, but he was on one of the squad members of Appleseed 13. So he's not really a well-known name. He's a behind-the-scenes guy, mainly. Which makes sense as to why nobody, none of us have ever really gone yeah. Sorry. Um, it's okay, I don't know what you yeah. <laughs> um, And as for the scriptwriter, uh, it's Bonnie Clunkenbeer. Not to be confused with Colleen. Are they related, though? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, they, yeah, they are. Bonnie's the okay. older sister. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Because I do know there, it, Bonnie at least exists. It's not Colleen under a, uh, a pseudonym. I thought it was Colleen under a no, pseudonym. I, 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 look, I looked this up when I was like doing a little bit of prep work before this. So Bonnie is a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's done quite a few script writing credits, right. as I recall. The difference between her and someone like Tatum when it comes to a script is she usually sticks to... She doesn't like changing, make, making wild changes or, or alterations and, and doctoring the script up. It's it's very... What you see is what yeah, you get. But, yeah, much more faithful to what right. the Japanese exactly. version is. Which not always is a good thing. That's not always a good thing. You know, Sentai yeah. Filmworks has taught us that. So, but the, Right. <laughs> and there are some things that there's, a, there's cultural divides that maybe they'll understand something one right. way and it's not something you can exactly translate yeah. into English and get Because Japanese is a weird language. Yeah. yeah. I think for the case of Death Parade, being a bit more faithful to the original Japanese is probably what's going to work here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Considering the content and the direction that the show is going in. Yeah, the whole tone of the show, really. More faithful adaptation. 
uh, yeah, a more faithful adaptation is probably gonna yeah. work a lot better. Especially for how heavy the first episode gets. Mm. Oh lord. Yeah, dear. Not just the first episode, the second one. Oh my oh, god. Just like the first. That's the one thing is uh, only the first two episodes really kind of connect. Right. Character Those, and story wise, everything else is kind of like building. There is a plot, but you don't see the same people except for obviously like Dekium and his right. beautiful eyes. Um. <laughs> I lo- we'll I'm get, sorry. I'm sorry. We'll I get love, to Deco. We'll, we'll get, get to there. Calm down. The it's all okay. the characters are pretty eyes. Um, so probably. So so I guess we're in consensus that with Bolton it's going to be really iffy, but with Bonnie it's probably going to be at least a faithful adaptation, right. which is going to be good. Uh, th- then again, this is only the first episode, so. Right. So we can only judge so much as like a first impression. Mm-hmm. Um. So for five seconds, uh, let's talk about the two contestants that we get in the first episode, Takashi and Machiko. Yeah. Obviously, no one would have predictions for them because no one would really predict any of these one-off characters. Exactly. So um, Takashi is played by Eric Vale, mm-hmm. and Machiko is played by Trina Nishimura. Mm-hmm. Eric, I was sick for half my recording session. Uh, you Vail. know when he said that? I I saw that near the end of the episode where Takashi starts like like oozing from his nose and his mouth like he's just <laughs> perfect timing I'm like yeah I know like I know I'm just like dude you were a trooper <laughs> for getting through that it, it probably actually affected his performance near there because it looked right. like he was just about to vomit or something at the character I, I mean so I, know. I bet you Eric was also probably wanting to vomit like, <laughs> not as a boof <laughs> Probably. Um, so yeah, I guess we can agree that Eric Vale did really, really well as Takashi, yeah. that's for sure. Well, I, mean, uh, I like um, Trina I like Trina as Machiko too, because I've never really... You don't really get to see Trina as like a 30-something-year-old, like a 20, 20 to 30-something-year-old vindictive psychopath. Um, <laughs> like, I really started noticing her with Attack on Titan, obviously. I haven't really heard her in anything else. So this is definitely something different for me to hear her do. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if I enjoyed it. It was definitely different, though. I, I was kind of iffy about it too. It's like I don't, I don't feel like the voice really matched the character's face all that well. I mean, the performance right. was I had good. That feeling. Yeah, it, just, it was a good it performance, was, but it just didn't line up. Yeah, like, yeah, like it, it seemed like she was a little bit like she sounded like maybe my age compared right. to how old Machi might really be. Mm-hmm. Right. She has a little bit. It, she sounded a little more youthful for someone who is. Married and pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Pregnant with, I don't know, <laughs> someone's t- kid. Some, somebody. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but because... Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> but I you will are say the father. The father. That's, isn't that Maury, though? That's Maury, yeah. <laughs> Wait, whatever. Maury, Maury. <laughs> but anyway... Friend. Because, for me, Eric Vale is the only voice actor I fangirl over because I have the hugest freaking crush on Sanji that is... Mm, I definitely, like, freaked out and had a lot of fun with this one for him. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> and, um, we're, we're gonna... We're gonna we're gonna get into an even bigger one later, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with Eric Vale, I mean, if you have a douchebag, like, a really unsavory character, that's who you call. And then there's Yuki Soma. Yeah. And then Yuki Soma, pretty much. Yeah. But, um, okay. That was the quick five-second recap of those two characters. So, um, working a little bit backwards in the rest of the announcements, um, we have Clovis, who's basically the doorman. I love Clovis! 
um, that anyone have predictions for this. We actually have not heard this character yet. By no, no, because he, he's he was in there. He's not in the show, really. Yeah. No, he he was in the like the next episode preview, but we he's didn't in the really be- hear him. He's in the beginning of the next episode for yeah. five seconds, and then he doesn't show up again to like episode five. Yeah. Right. So we haven't heard him. Mm-hmm. We have seen him at, like the end of the first episode, and, like the next episode preview. We have not heard him. He's so cute. Yeah. No, I was going to tell you well, who <laughs> I predicted, and Megan's going to fangirl. I wanted to hear Solasad. <laughs> Damn it! I, I knew you were gonna say that now. Ironically that enough, so, so great. Ironically, I know. Ironically enough, that's who I predicted. I predicted Solo. I didn't have this any one. predictions because I was so behind when the cast announcement came out. That, that was me. Great. Assassination classroom. So, but yeah, Solo Saw definitely would have been a, a fun and good fit for this one. <laughs> I love Clovis so much, even though he didn't say much. <laughs> my favorite thing is if you watch the opening really quickly when they're all swinging, he falls off his rope. Oh, I never noticed. I never noticed that either. Someone pointed that one out to me, and I was like, oh, look at him go! <laughs> I'll have to look that, at that Whee! next time. Um, yeah, it's anyway. like towards the very beginning. But uh, okay. I'm, <laughs> I didn't have any predictions, because again, I was really behind. Okay, so Hardy and I were pegging Solasa, Megan had no one. But we were all wrong. Whoop, um, <laughs> it's actually Zach Bolton who's taking this one on. Zach Bolton, filler of roles. Well, it, so I don't really have an opinion on Zach Bolton because he doesn't really he does a lot of acting but it's all like background jobs. Yeah. Right. Like the only role, role filler. The only somewhat major role that I know him from, even though I did not finish rewatching the series in English because I kinda refused to, was the second season of Psychopaths. Yeah. That was the only one that I really noticed is like, what? Because <laughs> I thought that was gonna be someone else entirely, but then it was like, huh? So, what? I, I don't know much in terms of his voice acting work, so I don't know how this one's going to go, honestly. And honestly, Clovis just kind of shows up and looks pretty and hits buttons. Right. I don't think it's really good to write him off yet because we haven't True. heard much of Clovis. I mean, we don't know how good of an actor... We don't know how good of an actor Bolton really is because yeah. he's in so little. Right. I mean, you take someone like Justin Cook, who True. stays almost constantly behind the scenes... And Justin Cook is a fantastic actor. Oh, God, first best taught me that. Yeah, or Yu Yu Hakusho. Show. Yeah. Right. I was I was a little young for yeah. Yu Yu Hakusho. That's why, for me, like, I'm not writing um, Bolton off with it quite yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how it's going to sound. Because I never pictured that it would go in this direction. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... I definitely have to hear it in order to... Like, hear it at least more than five seconds. In order to, like, really judge it. Right. But, yeah, because, again, this is a character that kind of just has poked his head in. Hey, guys, I'm here. Bye-bye. Yeah. So I'm hoping, he, I'm hoping he actually does something in other episodes. Uh, he co- I, he's popped up at least a decent amount of time so far. And he's in the opening, um, so he has to be. Right. Apparently. <laughs> um, so next, uh, next character was announced was Quinn. I don't even remember who this character is. Quinn was oh, just recently did. in the is episode it? that came out. Just yesterday. yesterday, which is probably why I don't know her because I'll probably be watching it in the next. Week. If you <laughs> apparently she's a drunk. Yeah, she's a drunk. Oh, she wonderful. was the one who was juggling the wine bottles in the opening with the patch eye. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know who you're, I know who you're talking about now. So since I don't really know this character, um, I had no prediction for it. Um. I don't know if you guys did. Either. I didn't even know that per. I didn't even know like again because she didn't come in until this like last right. week. I was like, who the hell is this girl? I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. I didn't know who it was until I watched this episode recently. 
And the moment I saw the character, I'm like, that's going to be Anastasia Munoz. I knew it. Which is, which is yes, who is going to be playing. I, like, ding, ding, and ding. you're like, yeah, if you have a girl in an anime who, with that face, with that hairstyle, nine times out of ten, it's Anastasia Munoz. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with her work. Yeah. I, she did Jormungand, correct me if I'm She was Jormungand, yes. Jorman, Jorman yes. Yeah, I still need to see that yeah. show, but I do remember seeing her name in the cast announcement. Mm-hmm. So she's one that's I'm very unfamiliar with as well, so it'll be interesting for me to see that. She's actually done um, a lot, a lot of work. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get on something so that I can see. If you list me some, I'll probably feel like it. Have you <laughs> have you watched Sacred Blacksmith? No. Okay, you've watched I Carnival, t- right? S- yes. Uh, sh- yes. She was Mine. I need to. Oh, that. wasn't she the the villain in the very beginning? That was. Is that Mine? Oh God! I just finished watching this. Let's see. Show. I need to. I need to rewatch it. It's been. A you year know who she was? But, um, I... She was the the dragon dude's wife in Kamisama Kiss. Oh. Dude's w- okay. Oh. Now I remember her. Her. Yeah. yeah. Her. Oh. The, the one. Um. Shoot. The one who made. Um. She was the one who made Tomoe Little, right? No, 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 no. No, that was Lydia no, McKay. I'm, um, I'm thinking. Of no, else. she's. No, she's the one where um, they go back in time. They to go get underwater. Robert McCollum's eye back. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Robert McCollum's eye. Right, eyes. right. And um, oh, right. her thing gets swept away, and Mizuki is a bro and goes and gets it back. Right. Okay. Now I remember. Because it's been a year. Yeah, she was the, the one who uh, her husband insults her work, and she gets pissed and like kicks it. Okay, I gotta rewatch the first season again. <laughs> My, my box that is sitting on my desk glaring at me. I need to be quiet. Okay, but anyway, so from what you from what you gathered in the, since it's the recent episode, because I haven't seen the recent episode, you think it's a really good fit? I think, her. yeah. The instant I saw it, I'm like, that's going to be Anastasia Munoz. So, yeah, and, and just at, and with Quinn as a character, from what I was able to ascertain, I think, yes, that her voice is really going to match up well. So. Yay! Yay! Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to Nona. I love Who, Nona. Who's basically, I guess you can call her the manager, manager of this whole sh- shenanigans, basically. Nona, Nona, I, Nona, gear shit. I rule this bar. <laughs> I love Pretty Nona. Pretty much. Um, I had no prediction for Nona. Um, Why do I want to say Wait, I no, had... did I have Nona? Oh, no, I had two, actually. I am wrong. I'm looking at the wrong list. I had two. Mm-hmm. I thought it was either going to be Trina Nishimura. That's who I had. Or Brina Palencia. But I was thinking it was We're all wrong. My anymore. prediction was actually kind of a long shot. I was thinking of who I wanted to play the role, and because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, I was afraid it was going to go to like Monica because she does those types of roles all the time. And yeah, I, I didn't want to peg Monica yeah. as it. And so like, who I wanted was Carrie Savage, but she's oh. she is very she's not regular very much anymore, but. Because she's most some most of the time she's sick and most of the time she lives in California, so. But Savage would have been a good pick. But yeah, I wanted. I, I knew it was awesome. going to be a long shot, and I doubt it was going to be her. And if it was a broadcast dub, which it did turn out to be, uh, I knew it wouldn't be her because she does most of her stuff in California. But uh, but that's who I wanted to see as Nona. So the person who's actually going to be Nona is um, Jade Saxton, mm-hmm. and based on like. We've only heard her for like five seconds mm-hmm. um, at the end of the first episode. I think it works. I was I kind of like I it. was kind of hesitant at first when they announced I mean, it. I'm too. like, 
you know, I could hear it, but I don't, I'm not really sold on it. Then I actually heard how she played the role. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she can do yeah, it. Yeah, it's her. Yeah, she can do it. Because the only thing, the only thing that I remember as of recent that I've heard her do was Wolf Children. So unless there's some other one that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, it, but, it, um, why do I want to say she's one of the she's the other wisp with Josh Greeley and she is. she is she is yeah a, I'm a idiot I forgot about that and I saw the announcement today. yeah um but and yeah. the thing is that she sounds nothing like Nona in that show she's like ten times more annoying <laughs> I love oh, it yeah. but she's like ten times more I want to kill yeah. you little thing well here's what I've noticed I I've noticed that Jade is quickly becoming the next Jeremy Lee. Because yeah, Jeremy's in California. Jeremy's spending so much time in right. California now, and Jade is taking over more and more the roles that she would typically play. Give us back Jeremy's mm. sword art online. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's still in Funimation <laughs> dubs all the time, anyways, because she's Lucy. Right. She, yeah, at the very least, she has fairy tale. So, along with Todd Habercorn, actually, the two of them have to come back for that. <laughs> that's how we. That's how we rope Todd back. <laughs> Todd and ah, Jeremy yeah. and Patrick Seitz too actually. I honestly think I honestly think that Patrick Seitz is a Time Lord. I don't know how he does it. He has like some interdimensional <laughs> portal that links him between um, California and he Texas. He does a lot of crap. He does a lot of shows. Because not oh, only does he, does he do a lot of acting at Funimation, he does a lot of directing and script writing and stuff and right. all that. Did Patrick Seitz like? Right, Princess Jellyfish, or he was part of that menagerie. It wouldn't surprise. And, and here's the thing: Patrick Seitz is a character on One Piece, the show that never ends. So I'm... right, he's he will a freaking die for One Piece ends. Yeah. <laughs> which which will be a sad day if that happens. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Get um, off topic. <laughs> I think I think we're all in agreement that Jay Saxton mm. is going to do well with Nona. Right. I think we're in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Um, so next is our mystery woman. Our mystery woman. Um... The black-haired woman. My... My prediction, oddly enough, was Lindsay Seidel. I was tossing it around, Uh, basing basing it on how she looked and less about how her voice was. Because the way she looks... hmm. When you listen to their Japanese actress and you look at at the character's face, you don't really... It's kind of hard to come up with an English equivalent. So I was like, maybe Lydia. Yeah, it, it, she, she looks. She looks kind of like a Lydia Mackey role, but the voice doesn't match up. Or, or maybe someone right. like like Stephanie Young, but the voice again doesn't match up. And I'm like, she's she's definitely one of the more difficult ones right. to have. Like, I didn't and, even and, try. And so, I didn't even try. I did. T- <laughs> I did say okay, maybe maybe Alexis Tipton. I think Alexis might be able to pull it off. She might have been able to pull it off. However, mm-hmm. we're all wrong like, once again because we're so good at this game. It's Jamie Marhi. Hell yeah! Uh, this one caught me completely by surprise. I'm like, I don't I, know if that's going to be right. Uh, just I, I was either. cool with it. Yeah. Like, we only heard her for like five seconds at the end of the episode, and I kind of want to reserve my thoughts until the second episode mm-hmm. when it's basically episode one replayed but from the perspective of the woman and Nona instead. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to wait on my judgment until I see that episode and see how that goes. From the one sentence, so yeah, from the one sentence that we got, I think it works. Just from the I one thing she will. said. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it will work. Mm-hmm. I just need a little bit more to really like solidify that. Yeah. Well, with that's, that's just what I need. Really. Yeah. With Jamie's a professional, and she's done tons and tons of stuff. She's oh, got yeah, a voice. Stuff. 
some of her roles I don't think fit her. I think this one will. And in my opinion, yeah. I think Jamie and Alexis are have a very, very similar voice. A lot of times, when I was watching My Bride is a Mermaid for the first time, I honestly thought it was Jamie Markey. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Jamie Markey as son, but not quite. And so then I found out it's someone completely and different. And then you discover it's like, no. Yeah. And then you discover, no. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think they sound like sisters. It'd be weird. It'd be weird if they were. They just had to change their names or something. I don't yeah. know if some weird convoluted thing. What if they're actually the same person? Dun dun dun. <laughs> That's kind of uh, hard to believe, considering how convention visits would go. Touche. Um, <laughs> Time but, um, Lord technology. <laughs> you need a lot of plastic surgery on a daily basis to make that work. Right. But um. Ooh. Anyway, so I think we're sure that. Jamie Marquis is going to be fine with this, even though I would just like to hear a little bit more so I can confirm that. Uh, from yeah, we need to hear more because she only, again, she only had like yeah. one sentence. So yeah, her and Nona are the two like we haven't heard a lot from. <laughs> right. So we know we know it's probably going to work, but we just want to hear a little bit more just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to Deckham, mm-hmm. our uh, resident white-haired bartender. Yeah. I uh, want. <laughs> I'll cheap out and say who I thought he was going to be. Everyone thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be Tatum. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Tatum. <laughs> I at first I thought it was going to be Tatum, and then I took a second thought. I'm like, you know what? I would prefer Patrick Sykes. Mm. Sykes and then we were all wrong. Yeah, because Degum is a difficult one to pick up, peg down too. Um, it would have been hilarious got- if it was Travis Willingham, since there's a lot of fan art of Degum and Ginkgo just hanging out. <laughs> That and it's all that, awesome. That would have been amusing. But anyway, um, Alex Organ is actually going to be, is actually Deco. Which, if you don't really know, because he's, I guess, somewhat new still. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Makashima in the first season of Psychopaths. And Hardy, I believe you mentioned he was Togusa for Ghost in the Shell Rise the other day. Oh, yeah, he is. I haven't watched that yet. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. I haven't seen it either, so I don't know. Now, those are big shoes to fill. Any man who can fill Crispin Freeman's shoes... You... Totally. Yeah. It. So. Yeah. Talk about... But, oh, yeah, and by the way, you're replacing Crispin Freeman. Yeah. What? <laughs> Derp. But, yeah... Um, like, cause I, but I've have seen the first season of Psychopaths, so I know how he sounds Makashima. Mm-hmm. And Makashima, I have a, not. Makashima's a cruel son of a bitch. I'll tell but you. He's that, so but he's so fabulous about it. It is wonderful. Alex Oregon's performance of Makashima is fantastic. So going into um, Death Parade and Deco, I think it's gonna be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could read a phone book as Deckham, and I would keep watching the show. Well, that's... I loved him. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing, is that it sounds very scripted with, with Deckham's voice. It sounds like there's no emotion at all, and he's just reading for the page. Because that is Deckham. He is a lifeless yeah, automaton, really. Deckham? Really? I, I, I want to say it was, it was J.O. who said Deckham has to convey giving zero fucks while giving every fuck in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or something oh, yeah. along that line. Because Deckham is literally like, yeah, there is no, like, sarcasm or bluntness. Well, he's so blunt and straightforward that you have to do it like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go on this. I'll, I'll, I'll stay at your bar. Yeah, definitely Deckham has, like, very, very little to no emotion. Which, with Alex Morgan playing the role, 
Makashima kind of went in the same direction a little bit. Makashima was a lot more flamboyant, though. He was definitely flamboyant, but he didn't, like, have any fucks to give, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in other words. So I feel like this is... This is going to work. Right. Definitely the first episode alone was like, yup, I enjoy this. It's wonderful. <laughs> Creepy mannequin collected little shit. <laughs> as far as characters that haven't been announced yet, like the old guy who we still don't know who his name is. or because yep. we, we still don't have, as of now, who have been announced. Ginty or Mayu. is another arbiter. Yeah. Uh, Ginty, Mayu, who is this um, crazy girl you don't see her until like, episode six, I think. Yeah. There's also Castra. Oculus um, and Oculus. Oculus is the older yeah. one. So I had predictions for Ginty and Oculus. I don't have anything for Castra, and I don't have anything for Mayu because I didn't really consider her in there. With with Mayu, I Mayu, I thought it would be either Alexis Tipton or Lilia Clark. I can't say because I'm behind it. I haven't met Mayu yet. <laughs> you will, and it'll be wonderful. I can I can definitely see um, Tipton or Clark taking Mayu on. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. And with Ginty, I wanted to hear either Robert McCollum or Ian Sinclair. Oh, dear God, yes. For Ginty, I actually picked Sabbath for this one, but I would I don't be care. okay with Any of I would be three. okay. I would be okay with um, Sinclair or McCollum as well. Like, because Ginty's definitely, like, the he's man. manly tough guy. Yeah, he's the manly tough guy, and all three of them can play manly tough guy in their own way. Yeah. So, Ginty's a manly tough guy with his cat. And I, and I say in their own way, because Sinclair's is a little bit different <laughs> compared to uh, Sabbath or McComb, so. Yeah. And for the old guy so, who plays uh, pool with Nona, I I want to see Arbus Elliott, even though it doesn't really match the voice of the Japanese actor. You know, because he seems like a zany old man. Yeah. I don't know who that is, actually. Arbus Elliott is like almost every old guy. Oh, yeah. Head. If if the character has a mustache, odds are R. Bruce Elliot. Or is over the age of sixty. Oh, R. Bruce Elliot. I thought you were saying something else. Wow. Yeah. R. Bruce Elliot. Yeah. I was considering him, but I for me, I also um, put the prediction out there of either Kent Williams or Jason Douglas. That could work. One of those could work too. Mm-hmm. Um, Castra, I didn't have anything for. Uh, we barely know of anything about those as Castra characters. Castra says, I think Castra has like one or two lines, right? So far, yeah. I believe much. she's the she's the one with the skull, right? Oh, her. Yes. Right. Creepy skull. Uh, her. Yeah, creepy skull. I was thinking Stephanie skull Young. Lady. Mm. Skull lady. Mm, yes, that one would work. Mm-hmm. That one would definitely work. Oh. Hooray! Yes. <laughs> I didn't have a prediction, but Stephanie Young definitely would work for that. Um, so yeah, that's basically... Death Parade in a nutshell, mm-hmm. considering we only got so few characters, mainly just characters in episode one plus Clovis, because he hasn't popped, hasn't said anything yet. Right. Um, Come back, Clovis. But I think in terms of like first impressions of the broadcast dub for this one, I think it's going in a great direction. I like it so far. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really good. I, I really liked it. Uh, I'm really excited for episode two Wednesday. Because you just want to see Clovis. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. E- I'm not even gonna lie. Give me the Clovis. <laughs> yeah, all the Clovis. To see all the Clovis. It'll be. Dif- it'll be interesting to see how um, Zach Bolton takes that. Okay. So, you think I'm bad about Clovis? Yeah. You've not heard anything. Okay. So we're on to the big one. Out of the. And this is honestly the one I really can't even. I really have. You. You. You, you can't really contribute a lot in terms of predictions. Oh, yeah. This is where I'm going to shine. I can, I can contribute to the main character, and that's about it. 
Yeah, you can you can do a little bit. But yeah, a little bit. I am so you ready for this. Because you uh, haven't seen season one, and you've only seen the first episode of the dub for this one. Right. Yeah, and see, this is... Of all the things, this is maybe the worst place to start this show. Oh, God. Oh, God. Cause, like, cause, that's not even a joke. This is, like, okay. the worst part to start this show on. So, by the way, for those who can't tell what we're talking about. We're talking about Tokyo Ghoul Route A, which is the second season of the show. Um, which is weird for me, because this and Yon of the Dawn, they're doing broadcast dubs for the second season, which is, like, weird. But, um, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, so, I think Lauren on Double Talk, the reason, because a lot of people were asking them that very question, is why start with season two? I think it was because they wanted to start fresh with all the content that was coming out right then and that makes sense they just Tokyo Ghoul is one of their most popular shows so they wanted to put it with the other two big titles that were going that season so <coughs> going I think by it's, that logic it makes a lot more sense it, like, it makes yeah. some sense I still think it's not a very good idea because a lot of people who are right. going to be watching this who were waiting for the dub of the first season who are going to be completely lost like myself so I watched the episode. Right. I'm like, this looks cool, but I have absolutely no idea what on earth is going on. So, which has me, which has me questioning, like, why doing the second half of Yon of the Dawn? I mean, with at least the two seasons of Tokyo Ghoul, they at least have a definitive end between those seasons. With Yona, it's a two core show, mm-hmm. so they're going to be starting not smack sh- dab in the middle. No idea where Yona season one is going to end. Like, I'm like, even I don't know the end game of that show. At least for season one of. Technically, Yon of the Dawn, the whole show in its entirety, as far as right, as right now, is 24 episodes, and they're starting smack dab in the middle of it for the broadcast. Yeah. Which, which is going to be really weird. Yeah, because at least with Tokyo Ghoul, like, like you said, it, there is such a defining ending moment of season one. Right. Where, like, so you know, okay, this arc is done for this character's development, now so, it's time to go on to the next part. Yeah, so Tokyo Ghoul can kind of get away with it a little bit more compared to Yona. But anyway, moving on. Um, starting with... ADR director, assistant, and script writers is actually two for this one. So, ADR director, da-da-da, is Mike McFarland, mm. of course. Called it! Called it! Hell yes. Um, it's in a Mike no, we trust. It's, an, it's a no-brainer here, because there's a lot, because in terms of, like, really high-profile stuff, Mike McFarland is probably the big go-to person to direct them. He's I mean, the one... Full Metal he, Alchemist, Titan, yeah. Wolf Children... Uh, some bits of One Piece. I think he still directs the One Piece films at the very least. Yeah. Um, but he's at least a very big consultant on One Piece, even though he directed like the first several uh, episodes. But Mike McFarland, I definitely think, is the go-to person for really, really high-profile stuff like this. Yeah, if it's a big deal, they give it to Mike. And the thing about Mike is that he has a lot of connections outside of Texas because he's been in quite a few L.A. and New York dubs himself. So he he has those connections to bring in big names to be in those dubs. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the pluses of having of work of working with him. And I think what's also what's going to make it even more wonderful, and what's definitely going to help McFarland in this one, is that J. Michael Tatum is helping him as an assistant ADR director. This is really interesting to me because it is. I've never seen him really... I don't... Has he directed anything before? Um, he has. I yeah, he has. I remember seeing that he has. 
Okay, I, I think Stein. I think Stein's Gate was one of the bigger ones that. Tatum okay, that explains why because I haven't seen Stein's Gate and I know. I haven't. I haven't seen Stein's Gate either, but I do at least remember like looking up in terms of like his work. He, and his he didn't direct Stein's Gate. He wrote the script. I was surprised he's not writing. This was my Let's thing. I was here. surprised he wasn't. He directed writing this. Romeo X Juliet. Yes. No, okay. Ah. Ah. That, yes. Let's let that Tatum one, direct that. That, one, <laughs> that explains a lot. That one would make sense because um, when I was at, when I was when I went to Anime Boston last year and Josh Greeley was one of the guests, he happened to mention that Tatum loves Shakespeare to no end. So Tatum's a perfect choice to direct that. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. I'm, I was. Along that lines, that's why I'm really surprised he's not writing this show, because this show is something that I would see Tatum writing. Speaking of... Because of how much... Yeah, speaking, speaking of writing. Segway. Segway. Um, the two script writers we have for this are Monica Rial and Josh Greeley. Mm. Speaking of Greeley... <laughs> hey, look, we segued perfectly into this. Um, uh, I think the writing in the first episode was pretty solid. Mm. I definitely think it was pretty solid. I think this is the first time for me seeing Greeley doing something outside of voice acting work. Monica, I think I've seen her do other script writing stuff, for, but Greeley, this is a first for me. Uh, he's written a few scripts. He's wrote and he's written um, some episodes of Fairy Tale, um, okay. and he. Uh, I think this is like his first big script. Though he wrote an episode of Sinran Kagura. If you, I don't even don't. No. no, don't. Uh, he's done. He's done some ADR script for some old ADV and Sentai shows back in the day. So, because he's really? one of those who goes know. back and forth between Houston and Dallas. So, right. I, I knew. Is, I knew that much. With him and Monica writing this, um, hopefully they'll be keeping the same direction staff for season one as they do season two. Um, what they said on Double Talk was that they're dubbing both seasons at the same time. Okay, so that would assume so, that yeah. they would. Yep. Absolutely. So Again, I'm a lot it, more curious about season one as opposed to season two, because season two is, as much as I like, it can be a bit of a train wreck at times. Um, so, but definitely for definitely for, for sure, though, at this point, McFarlane, Tatum, Rial, and Greeley are involved in the whole thing, in the whole shebang. Right. Along and with the cast, pretty, pretty much. Which is great. Um... But definitely the show is going to be fine in terms of directing um, with McFarlane and Tatum, really. With both of them, it's going to be fine in terms of directing. Script writing, because I don't really, I'm not really that familiar with Real or Real, Greeley's, wow, uh, script writing work. Real, Monica has been a script writer for a long time. A lot of people don't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just can't think of any of her for work off the top of my head. That's why I'm like blanking right now. But um, to the internet. I think at the very least, since Riel has done script writing for a while, she's gonna be fine with it, um, which is gonna help Greeley as well. Since by the sounds of it, he hasn't done a lot of script writing work. It'll. I think in terms of like behind the scenes stuff, it'll be fine. Uh, she wrote level. She wrote for level E. Oh yes, that's right. She wrote for C. Freddy the Mighty Dakota. She did. Uh, yeah, no, she I'm did just... quite a few episodes of Space Dandy. Oh, that's uh, right. She did. She did. Uh, Oron. Um, I didn't know she did. Suri Tama Holland. Oh Lord, she wrote the ADR script for Ghost Stories. <gasps> okay, I own that on DVD. Don't you even make fun of that. I love that. <laughs> I still need to see that show. But, She's um, autographed my box set. It's about the most glorious thing. No, I here's own. the thing, Steph. The, have you heard the dub for glo- for Ghost Stories? 
I have not watched ghost stories at all. Oh, God. Oh, my, my God. Oh, boy. You see, that was the biggest joke. And Stephen Foster gets all the flack for directing it, but he didn't actually write it. But they actually, I love that. Everyone dub. loves it because it's completely shit. different from, completely different from what the Japanese was. They took an old. But they let them do it. But they let them do it, and that's what people exactly. Like, they they, were totally they okay took with an it. old, boring, mediocre show, and they just gag dubbed the heck out of it. And it's the most it's glorious thing you've ever heard. God. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Is it is it glorious along the similar lines from what I've heard of the High School of the Dead dub? No, it's completely different. It's like, like, is it okay? Like, com- completely different kind of glorious. Okay, mm. that gives me some idea because I was as in like a you're not supposed that. to be cr- you're supposed to be laughing and cringing at everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Okay, so I think definitely we're in agreement, at least in terms of behind-the-scenes stuff, that Toe Google is going to be fine. Right. It's in safe hands. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, the cast, because there's, quite, there's a, quite a few that were announced, but then there were still some that haven't been announced yet, which is <laughs> odd. Um, so, kind I guess going to start from the bottom of the cast list that they've announced so far. Tatara? Oh, Tatara. the first one? Tatara? Tatara! Uh, he is... Tatara <laughs> is, that. um... Oh, that was You always see him paired up... Yeah. He's always paired up with Edo, who is the girl in all the bandages. Um, you, know what? Really have... you know what? Let's do Tatara and Edo together, because you see them basically together all the time. They're almost always together, um... So let's throw them together. I had no predictions for either of them, because I did not think they were going to be announced. Honestly. I did have a prediction for Edo, because I did know Edo and Tatara are in the first episode of Root of A. Um... I didn't have a prediction for Tatra because Tatra really doesn't talk, from what I remember. Right. Or he didn't really talk to like, episode 3 or episode 4 of Rune Edo I did have a prediction for because Edo does talk, and I thought it was actually going to be Bren Aperol. Because Edo is oh, yeah. kind of a small child, or at least looks like a small child. And um, she kind of has like that childlike voice, in a sense. I can see where you're going um, with it. Yes. So I thought it was going to be Bren Aperol. I was completely wrong. <laughs> so, for Tatara, it's Chris Waycamp. I'm hoping never really I'm heard pronouncing of the name correctly. Um, with him, the first time I saw his name was for Laughing Out of the Clouds last season. He plays one of the um, one of the brothers. I think he's the oldest brother, if I remember right. But um, and then for Ito, it's uh, Lindsay Seidel. <laughs> I oh, Lindsay Seidel is going to have a really fun time playing Edo. Oh, um, God. um, with uh, Waycamp. Because Tatra doesn't have much to say as of right now, I can't judge it. <laughs> um, I can't judge anything Ito, because I don't watch the show. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Eto and Tatra, you only really see towards the end of season one with the final Aragiri arc. And, right. Um, Eto does play a rather large role in season two, If I, but I don't want to say too much because it is Eto is literally a walking spoiler. She kind of is. She is a huge walking spoiler. Even for the manga, she was a walking spoiler. But unfortunately, you can if you can pay attention to voices, um, you can find out who Edo also is, yep. and you will know that Lindsay Seidel is pulling double duty in this show. Pretty much. But um, um, I definitely think Seidel works for Edo. She definitely yeah, has, she is like, the right level of creepy. Right level of creepy, right level of like childlike voice in there. Um, Hardy, at the very least, you can give your first impressions on what you've seen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if you want. It, again, I only heard, like, the character only had, like, one line in it, so... Well, Tatsura, Tatsura did... Ito had a little bit more, 
She kind of has a little monologue towards the end about how many bodies we've lost. Right. I thought that sounded fine. She's a little one. You know, again, I, I only sort of half watched the show because I did not know what on earth was going on. So the smaller exactly. roles, the bigger roles, I was able to come up with more of a first impression. The smaller roles, okay. I kind of, you really can't, uh, really can't comment on it. But I think it was fine. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we'll just move on to... Who's the next one from the bottom? Ayato! Oh, Toka. Lord! Toka's little brother, brother. Ayato. Um, Toka, Ayato, I am 14 years old. Karishma. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Um, my prediction, um, and <laughs> I was really set on this, was Micah Solasad for Ayato. I had, I had the same one as you, but I had Micah as a flex pick, obviously. <laughs> Um, needless to say, we were both really wrong. Oh my god. Because, ironically enough, um, the same day that the Death Parade cast was announced, um, Funimation put, like, a little promo video together and posted it about Double Talk. And, um, we got a small snippet of the dub for Tokyo Ghoul. Of someone specifically, swearing. Specifically for Ayato. No, there was no swearing involved um, for that oh. snippet. It was, it was the promo for Double Talk, including, like, the three shows. Um, okay. Oh, that was the next clip had the, this way. Yeah, it was the next day that you saw that. Um, and everyone, and probably their grandmother, who is familiar <laughs> with anime, could pick up very easily that Ayato is Todd Haberkorn's role. I listened to that like, yeah, that's Natsu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, for I me, looked at the it's the Natsu. It's the yeah. Natsu voice. I looked, I, lo I looked at the comments for that small promo video. I'm like, that sounds like a Natsu. The wild Natsu has appeared. I'm like, oh, good lord. Yeah. But definitely you could see right away that that was going to be Abercorn right. um, when you heard the small thing. And so far for Ayato and Abercorn, I think it might work, actually. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about it. I honestly, when I was watching it, I'm like, he sounds like Natsu. He sounds like he usually does when he plays that type of character. My thing right. with Ayato is that, especially for that character, episode four for me, I think episode four and episode five is a really big thing right. for him. Right. And that's where Todd can't go full screamy, rampagey, rari rari. That's not what Ayato is in that episode. And that's what I want to see. I want to see him be able to tone it back to be very tired and very quiet in that point. Because yes, he it does involve a fight scene, but it's not a moment to be bombastic and it's not a moment to be very loud. I want to see Todd be able to do that. And I know he can do it. It's right. not that Todd can't. It's just that with the first impression I got of Ayato compared to Yuki Kaji's take on it, which was, I think Yuki Kaji balanced a little more of the character but then again, this is uh, coming into Ayato in the middle of a fight that started in the last season. This is um, very true. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit different. True. My other big fear with Ayato is, despite being a younger male character, he cannot be the male with the highest pitched voice on cast. Mm. Um, full disclosure, and I'm really sorry to spoil this for you, Hardy, because uh, this person hasn't been announced yet. Uh, there's another character, Juzo, that needs to be the highest pitched male. And Hardy, you might want to brace yourself for this one. Okay. <laughs> um, the reason why Juzo needs to be the highest pitched male is that he has he is missing his um, equipment down below. Oh, he has no balls. Yeah. And they were very much crushed. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. This is something that was very much implied in the anime. Outright stated in the manga, 
Uh, that's why I was very, very curious as to why they didn't announce Juzo. Despite him, he was in very, very little. He was the little white-haired humming kid in this episode. Um, he was I'm in there surprised. for five seconds. He was dragging. Yeah. I think he was dragging one of the like the um. He was dragging someone's body right out. If you remember um, that little guy, Todd cannot be higher pitched than whoever they play as a Juzo. That is my yeah. one other fear. I want to see Todd be able to rein it back in a little bit for Ayata's quieter moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think he did a decent start. But I do see the Natsu like oh. It's Todd doing the not yeah, it, it, It's definitely a nice start. Um, like considering the different range that I've seen Habercorn do recently, um, like I've only I only saw like one episode of the new Devil Sailor Moon, and I thought Jedi was pretty decent. Um, and when I rewatched Sword Art Online, and he was the crazy freaking fairy king. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Why would you rewatch Sword Art Online? Because I reviewed it. I reviewed it. That's why. I see. And honestly, Haverkorn's performance in Sora Online was my favorite because <laughs> he just went batshit insane with that one. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to say the final blue for that show. You will address me as the rightful name, his lord, Todd fucking Haverkorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, that is my favorite set you, of bloopers. One of my if you've favorite never, set of bloopers. If not seen the bloopers for Sora Online's English dub, do it. It is it's worth. It's, it's worth cool. it. It's, it's better than the show itself. No, it's better yes, than the it show. is so much better because so much Bryson, Bryson, share me a dirty fucking mind. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, um, back to what we were talking about, the serious <laughs> show. Anyway, serious back to Habercorn. I think it's going to work. Um, it's Again, I, I, I do think it's a decent start, um, considering who's directing the damn thing. Yeah. It's going to work. I mean, because... I was hesitant with Bryce Pappenbroke as Aaron for Attack on Titan, and with McFarlane directing it, it was wonderful and fine, so I was fine with it. Um, I think this is gonna, it's probably going to be the same situation here, uh, with McFarlane directing Habercorn to do this. And I think, it, I think it's going to be fine, personally. That's just my thought on it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, that's that's Ayato in a nutshell. <laughs> who's next? Now who's uh, next? Amon is next. Oh, oh, this is oh, an God, interesting I one. I was so wrong on this. So was I. I thought I. it was gonna be Robert McCollum for Amon. Uh, I actually kind of wanted Matt Mercer to play him, but um, I would have had Ian or Matt or I did not expect this one. Mm. Yeah, because it's uh Mike McFarland. McFarland. <laughs> who's taking on Amon. I, oh, Did God, not see poor, that poor Mike. Poor Mike. Did Mon not see that coming. so much shit that's gonna happen to him this oh, season. Lord. So much oh, shit. God. I don't know how I feel about Amon, too, because as much as you, you kind of see Amon in the first episode, he really gets his time to shine in episode two. He he, um, d he, come, he comes in a lot more um, in the next few episodes. Yeah, he gets. There's a lot more episodes kind of directed towards the CCG as characters and introducing mm -hmm. a bunch of people, um, right. including my favorite character who gets introduced in episode two, on the human side anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it yet because Amon it sounds so much more stern and like he's seen some shit in the Japanese. I'm hearing for me with like. Farland right now, I'm hearing John Kirstein all over again. That's what I was about to say. That's I was my thing, and he doesn't need to be John. And Amon is a departure from John in almost every way. Mm -hmm. Amon knows what he wants to fucking do with himself. Right. John did not. Yeah. But it's 
that's what I'm hearing right now. Because, I mean, I rewatched Attack on Titan um, the past few months. So that voice is still in my head. And I love Jean to pieces, and I love McFarlane's performance of it. But right now, as Alma, I'm hearing Jean all over again, and I don't know how to feel. And it's weird because... There's at least a 10-year age gap between how old John's supposed to be and how old Amon is. And Amon, he sounds very young and youthful. And there are points in the series, I believe you see it in season one when he first starts out, and you do see flashbacks to his childhood where that voice can work. I think he needs to sound... I think in season two there might be one or two times as well in terms of flashbacks I think that can come in. Yeah, I know in season two you see the flashback to why he no likey ghouls. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, and quite one of the most, quite possibly one of the most fucked up scenes in the show, um, among many fucked up things. Um, but <laughs> Tokyo I think he needs to. I think he needs to get a little more. I think he needs to put a little more of a stick up his ass, honestly, for Amon. <laughs> Amon, Amon kind of does have his. Amon does kind of have a stick up his ass. He kind of does actually, which is, which yeah. He's so he he has his moments. He does get his moments sometimes. I think. Sometimes you kind of see him break the stern facade, but Amon is like vengeful fucking Batman points at point at like at points. I want him to see him shove a stick up his ass. Oh my god! Did we mention? I'm not an I'm not an actor, but no. Did we mention, ladies and gentlemen, that Megan obsesses over the show and she has lots to say? Like I have constantly. no life. I have no life. You have no. Life. I want. I've read the whole manga. I'm reading the current version of the manga. I've watched this. My, I think there's a drinking game to how much I like this show. Yeah, like literally 90% of her tweets are like, "Oh, Tokyo Ghoul, Tokyo." Shut Ghoul. up! I have, I have a feel. I have a problem. You have I need problem. friends. I need more friends. <laughs> when they're know. not subjecting me to JoJo's bizarre adventure. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, don't know I don't if blame, having us around is good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you, Megan, because like 90% of my tweets are all Master Keaton, Master Keaton. Keaton and goats. And goats, yes. And goats. And and goats. goats. I swear to God, I went to a fair and saw a bunch of goats and like, Hardy would like pictures of these. <laughs> so anyway. I sat there videotaping goats and my friends are like, are you okay? And I'm like, anyway. Goats. Goats, goats bro. Anyway, too many goats. goats. You can never have too many goats. Too many Anyways. Goats. Anyways. Back to McFarlane and Amon. <laughs> I think shove a stick up your ass. <laughs> shove it up there. Shove. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm not hearing Amon. I'm hearing Jean. That's what I'm hearing right now. So I think there needs a little bit of work there needs to be done. Which, considering he's also directing the damn thing, and considering this is a broadcast dub, and he has a bunch of other crap he has to do, like. I'm hoping Tatum will say, dude, you need to fucking stick a stick up your ass. <laughs> I'm hoping so too. Bite the bullet! Like, I, I, can, I can forgive it a little bit, because, like, the broadcast up again is not a final product, but Hopefully, still. hopefully it'll get a, a couple tweaks. Still, <laughs> yeah, it can get better. Um, it's not bad, but it doesn't, it doesn't stand out among other people. Exactly. Um, next, I did not think this one was going to be announced, uh, Motto. Which is a character... Yeah, because you only... you Because he's totally in this season. Yeah, Motto, um, for the sake of Hardy and everyone else, he is, um, originally he was Amon's investigative partner in season one until he dies. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, spoilers. It's gonna get, it was gonna right. get spoiled for you anyway. It was episode oh. two, Russo. But um, I didn't think he was going to be announced. I was thinking that Akira was going to be announced for this, but... Yeah, why would they not announce Weird. Um, anyway, 
I had no predictions for Mono because of this, because I didn't think he was going to be announced. I actually did have a prediction for Mono, because I did predictions for season one, like, a couple months ago. I thought it was going to be, uh, Brian Matthew. <gasps> that would have been a great choice. Oh, my, my friends are like, what about the guy, what about Brian Massey doing it? I think it was Brian, no. No, wait. John Swayze. Whoops, Brian oh. Massey was another character we had. Yeah, John, Brian, Brian Massey was Lad Russo, so. Lad we had Lad him Russo. for another character. Uh, okay, <laughs> so John Swayze was what, okay, John Swayze, yeah, I can see that a lot better. We wanted, because we, we know John Swayze can be creepy. <laughs> Which works, because Motto can have his weird moments. Motto is a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, John Swayze was another another actor I thought could probably play Koro-sensei in Assassination Classroom. Well, anyway, uh, we're all yeah. wrong. Um, yeah. And I don't even, I've never even heard of this guy before. Uh, it's Kenny Green who's playing Mono. I don't know who that is. Has I, anyone I seen Desert Punk? No. A very long time ago, and my mom found it. Why? He was the voice of Rain Spider. I have not watched Desert Punk in years. It, the, he is the guy who said, There's a party in my pants and everyone's coming. <laughs> oh, that's perfect! <laughs> Which, if uh, you've seen Desert Punk, you understand that that's just the way that show is. So. I heard that show is really, really odd. <laughs> oh, it's I great. I haven't seen it, but Isn't I that Eric no. Vale talking about yeah. boobs for, like, 26 episodes? Pretty much, yeah. No, you, you're the big Eric girl, f- Eric, uh, Eric Vale Eric fan girl. You would love it. Oh, it's, God. It's, I have to find it now. Oh, shit. Uh, more I than any really of his me. other douchebaggy roles, uh, Desert Punk is one of the douchebaggiest, and it's just, it's amazing. Yes! So. I would say, I will what, say this What does he even mean, douchebag characters that he plays? I don't understand. I think you have a problem more than I have a problem with Tokyo Ghoul. Um, I, no. I probably at least have a similar problem with you and Micah Solasad, so. I think oh, okay, we're, okay. We're even there. Um, anyway. We, everybody has one. Everybody has one. Yes, um, anyway. We haven't heard Motto yet, at all. At least in this season. <laughs> right. Uh, Motto's a creepy creep. As long as he's creepy and slimy and disgusting and you want to punch him in the face, I'm pretty good with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I care about. Anyway. I wanted to hit Motto with the 2x4 at one point. <laughs> Token okay. did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I guess at this point, since we can't really talk much more about Motto, we can move on to Hinami. To, oh, li- to little Hinami. Hinami oh, is the little oh, girl that you probably saw at the end of the first precious, episode. Precious cinnamon bun too pure for this world, Hinami. Hinami. Um, oh my, this poor fucking kid. My prediction for Hinami was um, Bryn April. That was, I had, it was her and Edo I had. I was like flip-flopping between the two of them. Right. For me, cause for me, Hinami was a hard one. And then I think I talked to you about it, Megan, and you mentioned Brene Brown. I'm like, yeah, actually, that would work. Yeah, that's who I said. I was like, what about Brene Brown? She can sound like a small child. Mm-hmm. Krista was basically small, innocent child, too good for this world. Kind of. Um, again, both of us were wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, because um, Hinami is Laura Woodhull. I liked, like, all five seconds of Hinami that you see. Hanami, Hinami, Han- Hanami, I, I don't know. That you see, but you really don't get to see a lot of her, uh, she gets kind of her day in the limelight in the last episode that came out this week. Mm. Uh, she gets one next episode? I want to say in episode two, she kind of gets a little bit of time to herself. Um, she does become a a bit of an important character towards the end of this series and in the sequel manga re, um, to which, oh, oh, poor Hanami. Oh, yeah. God, Hanami. You poor, you poor <laughs> and and now she's being voiced by a jellyfish. Is that who that is? Yep. Really? 
Oh, that's Clara. She is Clara. She is the actual oh jellyfish. Oh, God. I forgot about that. I remember they were gushing over her in the commentary to that show, so I'm really excited now because I forgot that was... I I'm forgot. freaking dying over here. Yeah, she was, she was the jellyfish, and she was the little girl version of... Uh, of uh, was it? Tsukimi? No, Yuki. No, it was um, Yuki from Wolf Children. Oh, oh yes, she's yes. like, okay. yeah, I saw it and I peed all over it. I remember her now. And I've been pissed a few, on it. Yeah. Because it, it's been a few years since I saw Princess Jellyfish, but at least I've it was it's been a year since I saw Wolf Children. Okay, now I remember who this is. Yeah. It's come back to me, guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's back. like she has this really really young voice, and she's actually in her twenties. So. Mm. Yeah. Like most of the voice actors People. out there. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think she'll do pretty. I think she'll do pretty well. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll work. Um, personally, I just need to hear a little bit more of it. The next episode will be great because we get to see a lot more of her. Exactly. Um, so, I guess we can move on to Nishki. Oh Lord, Nishki! Oh Nishki! Season oh Nishki! Um, Nishki! You could have been so much worse. Um. <laughs> Nishki, uh, I was prepared Hardy, to do you remember him. Who, Hardy, do you remember who Nishki is, first of all? He's the, um, he was his friend who helped him out at the end of the episode, right? The brown-haired guy. Yeah, yeah. Brown-haired yeah. guy, glasses. Yeah. That one. Yep, yep, that's Victoria Megan for the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria glasses guy! Uh, God, so I don't want to say who my prediction is. I'm just going to save that for a minute. So who do you think, Megan, was going to be Nishki? Oh my god, I don't remember. <laughs> Why do I want to say I had... I think I had Flex picked Ian in that spot too, but I was obviously wrong. I got one person right in this show. I, I had one I person right. To, I managed to get Nishki right on the nose because my prediction, as well as who ended up getting the role, was Eric Vale. Damn Mother of straight. God. Damn Mother of God. I straight. I got one Mother right. of God. Casting gods. Hey, ne- hey, Eric, you want to play the one of the biggest assholes in this show? Because <laughs> um, uh, I think that's actually you know that's what they the directors always say about all of his roles for the most part. They lure it on so, a fishing line and get him to come in. The it's room. like, hey, Eric, <laughs> we've got a really really douchebaggy asshole character. Uh, do you have like a, a few hours? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I lo- uh, the thing is that like I really love Nishki too. Like he's such I, I a do love Nishki. dick. Nishki's like, he's such a dick in the beginning. I'm a weird person. Nishki is one of my favorite characters, and like when I was watching through season one, and especially the um, gourmet arc where Nishki really comes in a lot more. Um, the first person, like I predicted it since that point in time. I was like, I want you're going to be Vail. Eric Vale. I want Eric Vale to be Nishki, and not just because I'm. He's the only voice actor I fangirl over. Because I thought it would be a really good fit for him. I really, I really hope in season two, because he's been kind of more comic relief. Right. Granted, it's been fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but definitely... Oh, God. I, I love what I, I love when he's like, don't do your job, Hanami. And I'm like, Nishiki, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> I really do hope, even though season two is supposedly not following the manga, which is almost utter bullshit. They're just changing, like, one or two things. Um, I really do hope that they keep how Nishiki ends in the manga very much the same, and I am kind of hoping and praying that they make the sequel manga into an anime, because Nishiki is another big character in that, and will make you cry cry tears if you like him in that part. Oh. I, I am just, as of right now, excited to see 
Eric Valesnishki for season one. Oh dear God, yes! When he's kicking the shit out of out of Hide in that alley. Well, he's kicking the shit out of them. That whole Whack. big thing between who is it? Him and um. And Sukiyama. Sukiyama and the girlfriend. I think I think it's her name is Kim, isn't it? Kimmy. Kimmy, yes. That whole bit. Um, Nishiki confirmed to be the only character in the series getting any. <laughs> you see him shirt. You see him shirtless once. I'm gonna bring that up. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no. We need a douchebag, Eric. Come here, and it works. <laughs> yeah, it works. Even though we haven't heard a lot from it yet, it it, it it's freaking natural fit. Damn fucking. Who the hell straight. next is? Who's on your ne- who's next on the list? Uh, Please let me. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to heat. This is the one I got right. This so is... say your prediction. <laughs> um, for Hide, I had two choices. Um, one was Micah Solasad, but I and the other. But I really thought he would have made a better Ayato um, between the two. My other one, I went a little bold for this one, even though probably was not going to happen, and I picked Bryce Patton before. <laughs> I went, uh, I went a little Oh bold. no, there's bold, and then there's my pick for Sukiyama the first time. <laughs> and what I did had, you pick? The second I heard him as Connie in Attack on Titan, I said Clifford Chaplin needs to be Hide. And I was right. <laughs> because Hide is like a parakeet. Um, Hide, he, he, do, do you know who Hide is, I have no idea. He's the guy on the bike the entire the, the first episode. The kid you've been seeing on the bike in that first episode. Oh, okay. okay. That's Hide. He was our main character's best friend. Nishiki also beats the shit out of it at one point. <laughs> well, most <laughs> friends do eventually do that. No. Um, no, Nishiki. Nishiki's Fish not are, the best Hide friend. is friend. Nishiki. Hide is friend, not food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, honestly, since there hasn't been a lot for him to do yet... I can't really say how I feel about um, Chapin taking this role. He hasn't he's going to get to do a lot in the next few episodes. He's, Hide is he's kind of a lot. sleeper character. Mm-hmm. He's, he's definitely going to do he's a lot. A sleeper, he's the sleeper agent of the whole show. <laughs> Pretty much. And like considering like what goes on in the next few episodes, considering how, from, how fairly familiar I am with Clifford Chapin and his work, I, th- I think it's going to it's, it's gonna be great. Gonna be I'm so happy. <laughs> At least I got one right. Yes! Score one for both of us. Score! Um, this is better than I did with free. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, next is Rize, who we also have not heard from yet in this season. Holy shit. <laughs> Rize, just so you know, Hardy, um, how, how familiar are you with Tokyo Ghoul's story? I know absolutely. I know that there's some little kid who goes around eating folks, and a lot of people get eaten. And <laughs> He's also of... 19. Okay, okay. Um, it's not really a spoiler because this is like first two episodes of like season one. Um, it's like first 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Kaneki, the main character, he's originally human, um, but there's this woman that he kind of has a crush on. Her name is Rize, who is mm. a ghoul, and the two of them go out kind of like on this date, and she kind of reveals that to him. Mm-hmm. And she tries chasing him down to eat him, but an accident occurs, causing her to die and Kaneki to be near death. So, but what happens is um, he had to go through the surgery, this operation, and someone decided to transplant Rize's organs into Kaneki. Ah. So now he's a half-wolf. I see. 
I think and, I heard. Um, uh, yeah, I think I read something about that. Yeah. Right, and throughout at least the first season, Rize pops in and out of his mind and basically tormenting Kaneki, in a sense. Oh Lord, I can't. So I can't wait for. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting. I can't wait for episode one mm. of episode twelve of season one. Uh, uh, my pick was Kate and Glass. My pick. I'll was, say it right now. My pick was Jamie Marty. I thought it'd be I picked Caitlyn because I wanted to see Caitlyn play dark. I, I wanted to see her go dark, and I, she didn't, and I was I was I was wrong. I I picked Jamie mostly because I felt like her voice can be at least a little bit alluring and, and seductive because she does tempt Kaneki at times, so I felt like that would work. But I was also wrong. It's Monica Real. Holy crap! Well, this is gonna be a trip. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be a trip. Like um. I've seen her do a variety of things, so this is definitely one of the more recent ones that is very different than what she's done. I wonder if she's gonna go, like, Chane, like, in terms of her vocal quality. Mm. Like, that's my thing, is, I don't know, because the Monica I'm used to is, like, her character in Assassination's Classroom, who's, ah, not... I'm going to eat your face off. <laughs> right. And tempt you. Um, For me? You might want to listen to something, one of her performances in a show like Another, where she mm. was very, very quiet and, and sort of this thing. So Yeah, I need very to creepy and Another. Good, because that's what she needs to do. Yeah. However, I I recently rewatched um, Razafon, and she is the lead for that. She is Haruka. So I know she can do different kinds of roles in different kinds of variety so i'm i am int- very interested to see where this is gonna go because i know i feel like she can do it um let's see who is next i don't even remember who this one is uh yamori oh that's jason that's torture Tori. that's torture mm. time that's jason i didn't think he was gonna be announced this is who i thought brian massey was gonna be that's who i wanted on him <laughs> Okay. I wanted Mr. I eat gravel and motor oil for breakfast. <laughs> oh god. Um Jason for the sake of party. Uh Jason is basically Basically like, why season one season episode one is why episode one? Okay. <laughs> he's he's seen as like this major antagonist throughout the first season. Ah. And um we'll just say that by the end of the first season, Kaneki goes through a major change, and Jason mm. is one of the biggest reasons for that. Ah, I see. Okay. Jason is one of the biggest reasons. Rize is probably the other big reason for it. Um, I see. Just to give a general idea. I had no predictions for Jason. Um, I had Brian Massey. Instead, we have Christopher Sabat. Oh, good Jesus. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I, have fun. He's gonna have so much fun with it. He's that. gonna have a ball with it. Oh my god. You don't get to play somebody that abhorrently evil. Oh my lord. Like, um. You don't get to have. You don't get. He's like maybe the second most fun person to play on the show in season one. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it, it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun. I didn't think it was gonna be Jason. I forgot his. Name was yeah, because you don't really get him. You don't really hear him called by the other name. Right. So. You, he's referred to as Jason all the damn time. Okay, so I think we're clear that Sabbath's gonna be fun, even though we haven't seen it yet. Um, moving on, we're down to three characters: Suki Yama. Oh God. 
Who has the most fun on the show? The person who plays this guy. The French guy. The, the French fr- guy. The French um, The French guy. That's the only thing he's known for. Yeah. Uh, which, by the prediction, way, which, by the way, the Seiyu for Sugiyama, which is probably going to be relevant in part of this discussion, is Mamoru Miyano. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. I was having, like, the biggest panic attack over this for, like, a month. For like a week, I, I was like, I know you were. Oh Jesus Christ, no, no! Because usually in Funimation shows, I think with the exceptions of Carnival and Soul Eater, every time Mamoru Miyano and Vic Mignano are cast in the shame show, Vic is always Mamoru Miyano. So we call it the Mam's Curse. <laughs> the Mam's Curse. We call it. I, we, my friends Kenny, Stephanie, and I. I have another friend named Stephanie, by the way. All right. Called him Mam's. For short, because it's easier to say than Mamaru, Mamaru, Miyano for us, so we call him Mams. So I'm like, holy shit, he's gonna be, he's gonna be Tsukiyama. I had friends of mine going, if Vic is Tsukiyama, I'm gonna flip out. And I'm like, guys, calm down, he's in California. So my actual pick was the biggest long shot in the history of long shots. What was it? Because I wanted Brad Swaley to beat Tsukiyama. I remember you Because he was this. also White Yagami, who also <laughs> Mamaru Miyano played. And that's the only person who ever went as nuts as him. Unfortunately, that's yeah, not that gonna wasn't happen. gonna happen. <laughs> happen. That's a long I shot. I can dream. <laughs> I can dream. Um, in terms of my prediction, which was a little bit more practical, <laughs> um, I was thinking Aiden Sinclair. I was happy to be wrong. I <laughs> personally, I for Aiden Sinclair, I would have thought of been an uh, interesting choice. Definitely very, very different from what I've seen him do. He, Either way, it was going to be hilarious. It was going to be great. But I think we're going to get something rather wonderful and enjoyable because um, uh, the Mam's Curse has been broken by, mis- you, by Mr. Uh, J. Michael Tatum, who's going to be playing Sukiyama. Sweet, thank you. Make and the it- best part is they have—they literally didn't change a word of dialogue from him in the first episode. Yeah, pretty much. Makes sense to get France himself to speak French. Yes! I forgot he was I cannot wait Italian. for him to I cannot wait for him to do season one. Because oh gee, there are moments where Oh my lord, Tsukiyama. Okay, and t- there are characters there are a little bit of problems with his actual manga version where he's actually a developed character okay. and not a running gag. Just to give um, just to give a little bit of context to um Hardy. Tsukiyama is this um thing in the ghoul world called a gourmet where Oh wow. Yeah, where they kind of... What's the right way to put it? They They eat healthy people. No. No, they capture people, put them in a little ring, and then they they take this big thing called a scrapper, make them chase them around for their amusement, and when the scrapper catches them, he cuts them up, and then they eat the people. Oh, lovely. And Sugiyama specifically is really, really interested in, like, high-quality, like, potentially high-quality tasting things. Meat. Exactly. To put it quite bluntly, he is quite bluntly. He is after Kaneki's ass. Oh. Be- because Kaneki, like we told you before, is a half ghoul. So he gives mm-hmm. off this really specific and particular like scent or p- potential taste that Tsukiyama is obsessed over. Ah. And season one, the gourmet arc specifically, where that comes in, you, you, you oh my god. <laughs> There's a moment. It is a weird, it's a, it's a weird fucking arc. There is a moment, um where I don't remember how he oh. gets it. He gets this handkerchief that has um, Kaneki's It's because he cuts his, um, he cru- he's 
Kaneki's talking about Rize, he crushes the thing, Kaneki helps him and cuts his hand. Right, that's what it is. And he has this handkerchief with Kaneki's blood on it. And there are a couple of scenes where Tsukiyama is really, like, sniffing it and like, oh my god, he's he's like- Like it's a drug. Like it's a high for him. It is- It comes back, by the way. Oh no. It comes back ten (laughs) times worse. But- for Mamoru Miyano, it's... Oh my god, it's definitely interesting in the sequel. It is about some of the funniest shit thing you'll ever listen to. <laughs> and, now, and now that Tatum's like you, doing you'll it... You'll be in hysterics. And now that we're gonna see Tatum do it, oh my lord. I am done. Now it's gonna... Instead of being, like, broken French, it's going to be actual French. All, all I can envision is France in, from Italia going, I want to lick it. Oh <laughs> Pretty lord. freaking much! That's probably how this is going to play out, and it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Honestly, Tatum probably was an obvious choice for this, but I'm glad it was him. <laughs> it is going to be some of the most entertaining thing, one of the most entertaining performances I've seen out of him in a long time. Oh my god, it's going to be fantastic. Outside of France, like, like kind of comedic and kind of dramatic, because there's some pretty crazy yeah. shit that happens to Me him. too. That and Ray for Free Eternal Summer I think are going to be the two that I'm oh, get the most amusement out of in Ray from Free... You mean animated J. Michael Tatum. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty freaking much. Um, so, as you can tell, our first impression of Tatum is, oh my god, it's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Under trois, quatre, six, 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 ten! <laughs> yes! Uh, he doesn't be- even say ten in French, he just, says, he just yells ten. ten. <laughs> Which doesn't matter. It's still wonderful. Fuck it, it's Tsukiyama, let's go. Let's do it. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we got two left. Let's move on to Toka, who is- I thought it was gonna be Trina Nishimura. Uh, my first choice was Trina Nishimura, too. However, I did have a second choice, who happened to be cast as Toka, and it was Brina Valencia. I was wondering I like where this- she was this this uh, broadcast dub season, because I I had a lot of different- uh, people who I think she would have she should have played and, and she hasn't really been in much for the broadcast dub season this time right but you still got we still gotta remember there's like let's yeah. see I don't want to say seven because two have already been announced at this point uh, right. so that's like five now there's yeah. still five yeah. broadcast dubs that haven't been uh, announced yet uh, five uh, dub announcements anyway right. that haven't been announced because just so people know when recording this Rolling Girls and the second season of Comic Comic Kiss have been announced um, and World Break I did oh. not see that one I will have to look at that one later yeah. um, but Brina Palencia is an obvious choice here it makes sense to throw her in here still it's, it's like it's like archetype for Brina character Toka fits right in pretty much and so far I like what I see from her so easy it's 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 going to be a lot of fun seeing um, her evolution in season two coming off of season one because she is, she's also very much a different person from when she starts right. in the season. Um, she's not obviously the most guilty offender of this, of this, of this one. No. But um, I think she's going to do a really good job. Um, I really kind of want to see her get to do, for me, I think kind of what Toka's crowning achievement is in the whole show, at least from what we've seen so far, is... Um, her versus motto in season one, which I can't wait to hear her do. Mm, definitely, it'll, it'll, it, it, I think it definitely is fine. It'll work. It, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and from what I've heard, it's fine. Um, so I guess that leaves us uh, 
Just like what Kuro Sensei. The big one. Yeah. Big Angelata, uh, Kaneki. And this is the one that I was judging specifically from the the appearance of his character. Just from the images that I saw. Just for season two or just in general? For season one, actually. Okay, going all the way one. back then. Okay, Because so I figured... Because for, for a while, we didn't even know that the white-haired guy was going to be Kaneki. There was a lot of speculation, hey, maybe it's a different I character. I did. Yeah, well, you did, but I you're, did. you know, kind of kooky about the show anyway. So. <laughs> hey! Well, even from when I started it, um, I could tell because of the same facial structure. Right. right. And I thought it would be, too, because of the whole eyeball thing and everything. So, right. um, Looking at the original from season one, I was suspecting someone... I was playing it safe. I was like... It's either going to be Greeley or it's going to be Greg. Those are and the two that I was going with, too, with Greeley as my first choice. Yeah. I had Micah as my first choice, obviously, because my favorite character and my favorite voice actor. No. Uh, Greeley was my second choice. Yeah. Um, A lot of people thought it was going to be Greg Ayers because they, they got to the point where, hey, can we start calling it Tokyo Greg yet or <laughs> or whatnot? And I actually was like, hell no. Yeah. No Greg. I like Greg, but no. Yeah, I like no. Greg, too, but he's not my first choice. I definitely would have loved to see Greeley as it. However, we're all wrong. We are so very, very Vaguely wrong. wrong. Oh my lord. Um, because for Kaneki, we have Austin Tyndall. Accelerator himself. That is Dark a surprise horse. for me. Dark horse. He's like he's Here like getting a lot horse. of he's getting a lot of attention this season. He, he's sure. become Funimation's new poster boy. Really, he's he's a lot of lead roles and a lot of important characters now even for shows that haven't even come out yet he's getting cast as them right because so. like I said um, he he was announced at least like a month ago or so um, to be leading male for Defrag and we just talked about him playing Karma for Assassination Classroom so he's right. definitely getting a lot more recently um, for me in terms of Kaneki I, again I was really hesitant um because the only other thing I've seen him do was that really stuck out in my mind anyway was Guilty Crown, and I didn't really like him as Shu. Uh, Marco, since I completely hit forgot that he did Marco from Attack on Titan, was a lot better. I thought it was a lot nicer. Um, but from what I've seen so far, I don't know how to feel. I'm still a little iffy on it. I thought it worked for this version of the character because right. at least from what I was able to tell from this one episode that I watched is Kaneki is he's gone through a lot of severe trauma yeah. and you could tell that he's he's gone through some serious stuff and, and it's affected him in a really Shit. dynamic way and like I said that is where T Tyndall shines is when he has to get crazy or when he has to just wig out. And I think that, I think it'll work. I don't, what I'm hesitant about is going back to season one and having him play babyface Kaneki. Right. Whether that's, that'll that's work or not. That's another one of my worries too, seeing how that's gonna, like seeing where it is now, it looks like that progression's gonna be fine. But going back to like the beginning is gonna be interesting to see. Right. Okay. No, I think, cause when looking at this version of Kaneki, I really am re reminded a lot of Accelerator. And uh, and I think I think it'll work for this season. But like again, I, I'm worried about season one. Yeah, that's, that's for me. I think I'm, I'm I'm I am really really used to Natsuki Hayane's screaming. He screams a lot. So rest in peace, Tyndall's vocal cords. <laughs> um, 
But even from the first episode of the show, like season one, episode one, his voice goes through like so many minute changes just from that episode to me. Yeah, he does. And he does go through so many times where you have him being quiet, you have him screaming, you have him freaking out at situations, you have Connie crying. Um, he doesn't really kind of settle down. Like, every time he seems to settle down, at least in season one, something fucking insane happens to him. And then you get, for me, which is gonna be the biggest test for Tyndall, aside from maybe episodes five and seven of this season, are is episode 12 in season one, oh, which yeah. is the whole shebang, the whole reason why we get this switch. very tired he's very tired very kind of gravelly Kaneke we see in the first episode the broken of one the broken, much, yeah. the broken human being <laughs> the broken ghoul being that is Kaneke Ken in season 2 but that for it's gonna be really weird because I'm so used to the Japanese performance and I love that performance and I really liked Tyndall. Yeah. I'm I'm not as familiar with him, so I think I'm coming into him on a different perspective. Because I really only know him as Marco, and Marco was very innocent and very soft-spoken, if not full of conviction for what he was doing. For me, it's can Tyndall do someone like that, but with less, but with the conviction, a different type of conviction to the character. Yeah, right. just speaking as as a newcomer to the series, I honestly. I, if it had been me, I would have cast Josh uh, Greeley. Josh yeah. Greeley. I would have. I yeah, think because we know too. we know that he can start from baby face and go to ju- that just broken human being. Oh yeah, we know he can do that. Yeah. I think he did it in like a very small episode of Carnival. Even and I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Which reminds me, I have to rewatch the series. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I keep bringing that up. It's kind of the last thing I watched all the way through. Um... It's just, you really have, for me, it's, can he do the broken human and do the less broken human? Because I don't, I don't know how Mike's going to direct them coming in, whether starting with season two. And once you do get to episode 12, you do kind of see how much of a broken human Kaneki has been the whole time. Um, he's not... He's a lot more than his face value, as are a lot of characters in this show. What's going to be interesting is that because they're dubbing both seasons at the same time, there's going to be a there's going to be a lot of flip flopping of the character, and that's going to really be a challenge for the actor, especially for Kaneki and Tyndall. I mean, because like with characters like Sukiyama or Hide or even Hinami a little bit, they kind of stay rather consistent. But with Kaneki, characters like but with Kaneki, Aman, Toka, even Toka. Toka does do a little bit of a flip. Nishiki, like a tiny, tiny bit. Like, he relaxes a little bit. But Kaneki is the big one that's going to be a tough one to try and flip-flop between the two seasons. That one's going to be a huge one for him to try and contain and master. <laughs> Especially with season one being more along the lines of the final product. While this one's kind of, well, this season's just like the rough idea and rough sketch of it in a sense. So it's going to be difficult to try and, for him, I guess, to like switch between the two. Which is, which is also why I'm kind of like, for us to see this show, and for it to be season two, it's kind of a rough area to really get an impression on the dub board. In a lot of other shows, I think that it would have been maybe okay. Not a, not a smart thing, but not, but I think it could work. Like Yona, 
Yona maybe not so much, but at least her transformation kind of comes, or at least the start of her transformation, it's a lot more gradual. It's not so abrupt. Right, and, it's, mm. and it happens more early on rather than Kaneki's... This one, yeah. like, the whole of season one is, like, leading you up to this huge climactic crazy fuck train. Right. Um, that is what the hell happens to this kid. Yeah. So basically it's gonna be really interesting to see how he flips between the two. And also how the direction, at least in terms of this broadcast, of where Kaneki is going to go. Well, at least it's in good directorial hands. We know that the people working fails, behind the scenes. If yeah. all else fails, believe in Mike McFarlane and Roberto. Believe in the McFarlane train. Right. <laughs> believe in McFarlane. That's all we need to know. So I guess that pretty much covers all three shows, even though it took us forever to get through them. <laughs> Two hours, man. It's my fault. I have a horrible, horrible, I have like horrible like yeah you do um, i'm gonna have fun editing I this do. down a little bit but um anyways so, so those are our thoughts on the um the cast announcements for assassination classroom death parade and tokyo Ghoul a including first impressions of um these first episodes of the broadcast dub one uh one more thing what was between the three for your th- all three shows okay favorite character favorite actor oh god because I, I, I can tell you what mine is right now. What is Who? it? Obviously, it's Koro Sensei. Obviously, it's Koro Sensei. I don't want to oh, go God. stereotypical fangirl saying I pick Nishi. I was going to be like, you're going to pick Eric as Nishi. <laughs> he, he's up there, but um, I would have to say, for sure, for sure, though, definitely between Sunny Straits, Koro Sensei, and um, Alex Oregon's Deco. Those two. Right. Yeah. But uh, Nishki is up there. <laughs> I would probably say Alex Oregon's Deckham actually was my, my personal favorite. Um my god, if I had to pick like a second We didn't talk about him, but for like the two seconds Uta talked in Tokyo Ghoul, I was like, Yes! Mm. Um Yes, you little tattooed creep face. <laughs> Cause there are some in Tokyo Ghoul that haven't been announced, but We've already talked long enough about it. A lot about it. So I, we're we're gonna cut it. My feelings towards that character can be summed up in angry screaming. Pretty much. But um anyway. <laughs> um if you have any thoughts on these dubs, let me know in the comments below if you have any suggestions for dub announcements or dubs for me to look at again. Let me know in the comments below and all this shenanigans. Um thank you to Hardy and Megan for joining me and crashing this little party. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) Sorry I stammered and got my words all wrong sometimes. It's okay. I'm sorry I fangirled incoherently. (laughs) It's okay, because with this, it's not exactly scripted, so ramblings happen a lot. So I don't blame you. Um, And maybe we can have fun again in the future. I do at least know Megan, because we do have a bet going on with Norigami. Oh, yes, we do. We definitely yeah, should yeah. for that, at the very least, when that <laughs> comes up. But, um... Oh, oh, good. Uh, I'm gonna probably owe you food. <laughs> I'm probably gonna owe you food by the end of this with my track record. Yeah. And, I, and I know you and I, Steph, still have uh, something to work on in the future in a, oh, on yes. a review you're doing, so... Oh, yes. Look Which for that. I wonder what review it is. I Gee, is. I wonder which one. If you've seen the trailer video that I made you, and you know Hardy well, you already know what it is, but I'm not going to say it for those who don't know. But, I'll um, admit I openly kept voting on that because I wanted to subject you to watching Trinity Blood. Oh my god. <laughs> Trinity Blood did not happen, though. Um, 
But anyway, yeah. Thank you guys for joining me. Maybe we it, we can do this again sometime. And it'll be fun. Um, yes. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. I think that's it we have for today. And this video is going to go on long enough. So we're going to end it here. And so, um, say your goodbyes, I guess. Keep it manly. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> I'm bad at these. <laughs> it's okay. Until next time, guys. Otaku on, my friends. Otaku on.